This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Happy holidays, everybody. Welcome to our final edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk before the end of, uh, well, before the Christmas holidays, not the end of the year. We will be back next week, but with Christmas Eve tomorrow, no show. So today, this is the Winnipeg Sports Talk festive holiday extravaganza. We've been festive all week with the lovely backgrounds, if you're watching with us on YouTube. Um, But today... We are not, we will talk World Juniors. That is synonymous with Christmas. Scott Wheeler from The Athletic coming up in a few minutes to tee up the tournament. Give us a little more on uh, the Winnipeg Jet prospects, Cole Perfetti, Team Canada. We'll do that in a few minutes. And one of the jolliest fellows around, our good friend, voice of the Winnipeg Jets, Paul Edmonds, going to make a a stop with the program coming up at about 40, 45 minutes or so. And then following Paulie, we are going to have some fun. This is going to be our party, our Christmas party with you all, the WST crew that joins us each and every day, especially on YouTube. Two things coming up, a holiday marble race, and before that, the first ever edition of WST Trivia. Michael Remus has been working hard to uh, get the program up, and essentially you are going to be able to play with us. We'll give you a, a site to pop into. We'll have, a, we'll have up to 100 people playing, and uh, we'll get to our prizes in a minute uh, coming up. But um, big shout-out to all of our friends and sponsors, including F Apparel, Vita Health Fresh Market, Culligan Water, Manitoba Battery, Royal Sports, Not Auto Corp, our friends at Boston Pizza, the great taste of Little Brown Jug Brewing, uh, of course, Princess Auto, Not Auto Corp, Canadian Club Whiskey, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, and Cool Bet Canada. Let's get Remus in here and get this party on the road. Remo, what's up? How are you doing? Best of the season to you, my friend. Feeling really good. I'm looking forward to the weekend. I got my uh, my dinner order in for tomorrow now. We're all set. Um, Your dinner order in for tomorrow. Yeah. What do you mean? Traditional um, Jewish Christmas Eve dinner. What do you mean? Uh, well, what do you mean you're ordering? But you're yeah, or you or Chinese food. Come on, that's what you do. Oh, Chinese food. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's what oh, you that's do. That's a great call. That's a great call. That's what we do as a people. It's it's commonly known. What about but, Christmas? What about what, actual what, Christmas Day? Just uh, regular business as usual. Uh, you, you leftover. Ah, I mean, uh, exactly. So you order tons of Chinese food and essentially eat it for two days, while everyone else is um yeah down co- on turkey or whatever. Yeah, of course. Yeah, definitely. There's going to be a lot of quarantine meals this year for uh, <laughs> for Christmas, I think. Uh, it's um, possible. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, well, no, it's not possible. It is absolutely happening. Uh, trust me, take a look around the city right now. And uh, I, I do want to say, though, um, there's probably a lot of people that um, you know may, in fact, be at home right now, not able to get out because they're quarantining, they're a close contact uh, Wishing all of you well, and um, you know, fingers crossed we can get through this next little while. Uh, you know, obviously numbers are going up. We knew that was going to happen. So far, so good with the number of hospitalizations in the ICU. That's what everyone's really concerned about. And I guess we'll see what happens on the other end of the uh, the other side of the uh, of this holiday. And going into next week, 
And of course, Remus, the big question about next week, I guess, right off the bat for Winnipeg Jet fans and here with us on Winnipeg Sports Talk, is this, this game going to happen against the Wild on, on Monday? Um, you know, there's other things at play here beyond just, you know, getting the season going and what's going on with the virus here. And of course, we talked about the last couple of days, the Wild are scheduled to play in the Winter Classic. And, you know, they may, out of caution of almost protecting that event, maybe put that game off. Certainly hope that the Jets game against Chicago happens on Wednesday. And uh, right now, I have to give a uh, give a best of the season to a lot of people that are working very, very hard downtown, figuring all this out and handling all the season ticket holders questions about how the tickets are going uh, for it. But um, we will plan to do a show if there is a game on Monday. We will do a show. Might not be quite as long as we normally do, but we'll do a little wrap out coming out of Christmas weekend. We'll get ready for the game. If for whatever reason there isn't a game, we'll resume regular programming on the 28th. Um, but uh, unfortunately, the only real Jets news today, Remo, involves, go figure, COVID-19 <laughs> and a couple of players getting onto the COVID list. Yeah, uh, Andrew Kopp and... Christian Veselainen, and it said another staffer, according to Jets PR. I was wondering if it was, or and I was joking around that it was their next guest, uh, Paul Edmonds, but we they just didn't say who it was. But I mean, for, to be honest, like the Jets have been kind of mostly unscathed when it comes to you know people missing games because of COVID nineteen. They had Trayfield and Wheeler at the beginning of the year, and honestly, they haven't even had any major injuries until uh, until the Wheeler one and the Peon concussion. I mean, it's been um, pretty much. You know, system, you know, same defense most of the season. A couple of swaps on forwards. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, we'll wait and see. I mean, I'm not here freaking out about anything. I mean, we'll see if he's in the lineup on Sunday, what it means. I have no idea, but they're in protocol now, and I guess it could be a week. But, I mean, what, what can you do? I mean, it seems everyone's dealing with it, so it's inevitable. And it hit, uh, hit the Jets, cop, vest line, and out. And I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, it, it, exactly. I mean, fingers crossed that more players don't test back and there won't be any more testing until the 26th. So, I mean, players are expected to to be back here and that was part of moving everything up. I think it got them an opportunity to, uh, well, basically t get out of town earlier, get to their families, assuring them that, you know, they'd be able to have Christmas with their loved ones. Uh, but of course, when everyone gets back, you know, a series of tests, before they even get on the ice to make sure that you know guys aren't bringing the virus back into locker rooms because right now with what we're seeing with how quickly this is spreading amongst vaccinated individuals um you know you can have an entire team that might not be feeling sick at all like the Calgary Flames I heard Brad Treleving who basically said you know if we weren't testing we probably wouldn't even know that like most of the team was positive with covid um, but again, it's also about not spreading it. So that's where we are right now. But yeah, Andrew Kopp and Christian Veselin and one staff are going on to the list. Uh, and that does add a little bit of uh, well, more intrigue, um, you know, and concern, I would say, you know, going into uh, into Monday, whether there'll be a game. But, you know, we'll we'll get some more clarity, I would imagine. Maybe not officially, maybe more bad news. Like if there's no game and it's not happening, I would think that we'd know on the 26th. Certainly people that'd be coming in, like the lucky ones that'll have part of the uh, the half building for the tickets for the Wild Jets game. You'd like to know more before a couple hours of the game. And we heard all those stories in Montreal about people that literally 
were having drinks or dinner downtown Montreal, left where they were going, went to the rink and found out that, ah, there's no fans tonight. Sorry about that. Not really the way you want to handle things if you can get out ahead of it. Uh, but again, everyone's been reacting to this stuff as uh, as quickly as humanly possible, I guess. Yeah, it's funny. You mentioned uh, lucky ones who have tickets for the game uh, with the 50% capacity. And I want to give a shout out to people who comment after, you know, after the show, you can leave comments. And, I, you know, it's great, um, you know, for a YouTube algorithm when people do that. So if you want to leave a comment after the show, what you like, you know, thoughts about uh, the Jets or whatever, you can. But shout out to uh, Insvech, we trust PLD in our comment section. He said, Remo's comments made me laugh so hard. It reminded me of... Larry David from Kirby Enthusiasm. This is me talking about how great it would be to go to a game with 50% capacity. More space in the stands. I can drive home faster. Shorter lines to the bathroom. <laughs> oh boy, that made my day. I want to give a special shout because that made my day uh, last night uh, well, re reading that. So that was it awesome. It made mine too. And it was the one of the best comments we've, we've had. And if you ever are watching the shows after we do it live, um, feel free, leave a comment. That always helps us, uh, much like giving the thumbs up for the people that are watching live or do it all. Uh, but most importantly, make sure that you're subscribed. Um, I, I have often said when people have asked me about you, like over the years, um, I said, well, Remo is, the, listen, he's got, quite a bit of Larry David in him. And I know that was a little bit of a bit, but the best bits are always based in truth. And I know deep down, you actually do believe everything that you said yesterday on the program. That it would be, I mean, I'm trying to make the, mo the most of a, you know, unfortunate situation. And yes, I do actually think it would be so luxurious to go to a game and have, you know, see empty seats next to you and, being able to go walk to the bathroom, you know, without waiting in line or wandering the concourse with being out being shoulder to shoulder. I think that's great. So, yeah, I, I mean, if I haven't been to a game, like, and you, you know, you're feeling like you, you're up for going, I mean, I think that would be a good one to go to. Yeah, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm hoping to get to one of the games. I unfortunately was sort of on the wrong end of the, uh, of the lottery, if you will, as to what games that we had, games that I uh, had personally, we lost, games that I'd given away to my partners, we still have. Um, but who knows? I mean, bottom line is I just hope that these games are played. We've got something to talk about next week. And uh, I guess the one part about it is the re it, I could handle maybe a couple more games going down during the Christmas holidays with the world juniors and football and everything else going on bowl games. Because the fact of the matter is that without the national hockey league going to the Olympics, we're going to have a very, very strange month of February where we'll be following things that will be happening in Beijing. But usually that's the exact opposite of the clock. So we'll kind of get up and it'll be in the middle of the night there. And we'll be talking about what's happened. But the more makeup games, maybe the better to space things out and give us a little bit more. Because I have to admit, shutting the season down for a month without the Olympics is going to be a very, very strange situation for the NHL and NHL fans. Yeah, we'll wait and see what happens with these uh, rescheduled games. I was prepared for a lean February in terms of, you know, stuff to talk about. And also prepared for staying up late every night to watch Olympic hockey and all the parties that I had planned now now canceled to watch Team Canada. I mean Team Canada's still gonna be playing, but uh not gonna be not gonna be best on, on best like we wanted to see. So no offense to uh, the athletes that will be suiting up for, for Canada. But yeah, we'll have we'll have to wait and see what the schedule is. I'm sure they'll be maneuvering a lot of games. Maybe that'll come out uh eventually. But yeah, February yep. it's gonna be gonna be different, that's for sure. But 
No more complaints about the compressed schedule, Huss. I don't think we'll be hearing those anymore. <laughs> uh, don't worry. There'll be something else to complain about or, or, or refer to. Um, well, speaking of international hockey, the good news is that the World Juniors seem to be going on as planned. As far as fans go, I mean, they're down to 50%. That's a nightmare. And we talked a lot about, you know, the issues of figuring out who gets the tickets for what games with the Jets. You're talking about four regular season games. You get two, you don't get two. Relatively simple. For something like the World Juniors in Hockey Canada, all-time nightmare. Um, and take this from someone that worked for two years on a Hockey Canada um, uh, event, which sold a lot of tickets. The concept of, for instance, for the gold medal game, deciding who gets the tickets and who doesn't. I mean, it's like some games are worth much more than others. The value of other game, of games are worth some more than others. So I have no idea how they're handling that. And that is, that is really, really unfortunate. It's even going to be a little more um, locked down, if you will, inside the rinks than we'll have here. I mean, as of right now, we're still able to get food and beverages. And, you know, they're quite diligent about making sure that people have their masks up in between actively eating or drinking. There's no eating or drinking uh, in Alberta for uh, the uh, the Red Deer games or the Edmonton games, and hopefully that will uh, keep uh, keep the crowd as safe as possible. But man, the logistics going into all of that really are something. All that being said, the pre-tournament games are beginning right now. You got uh, USA and Finland with Jets first rounder Chaz Lucius playing for the States. That game is on right now as we uh, go live on YouTube. One nothing Finland in the first period. And then a little later on, I would not normally watch a pre-tournament World Junior game. But I'll tell you what, with these two young phenoms, um, the Russian, uh, Mitchkov, I believe his name is, and Connor Bedard going at it later on, we might not see Canada and Russia play in the tournament. So I'll definitely be checking that out today. Although I'm really not too sure, Remus, as to where we'll see Connor Bedard. We'll get to Scott Wheeler coming up and speak about the uh, World Juniors in a few minutes. Um, But he right now, or at least over the course of this week, was more like a 13th, 14th forward. Uh, But with the skill that he has, assuming he's in the lineup, he will get some power play time. And it certainly wouldn't be the first time where a player started off lower in the lineup and had the opportunity to really move up as the tournament continued. Yeah, and that's what we're keeping an eye on. There are, um, we'll be talking about this uh, later with Scott, but there's four Jets prospects involved. Chaz Lucius, as you mentioned, who's currently uh, suited up on the fourth line. Uh, for Team USA right now, we'll be keeping an eye on Cole Perfetti. There's also Daniel Torgerson on Sweden and Nikita Chibrikov on Russia. So four Jets prospects at the World Juniors. We can, uh, we can, uh, you know, follow theirs. Sorry, I got, we got to talk, a uh, chat from Dave Johnson in chat house. I'm derailed. He's like, so uh, I heard only about, or I, I know only know about Royal Sports because of your show. And spent over 500 there the past few days. Guess the advertising works. Shout out to uh, Royal Sports in U.S. So sort of derail the conversation. Right on. Thanks, well, Dave. Hey, you know what, uh, Dave? We appreciate that. And um, listen, I, we've been going to Royal. I mean, they're over 35 years in Winnipeg. Um, always my favorite store. But come Christmas time, I mean, you can really take care of uh, you can take care of it all very quickly. For the sports fans and athletes in your room. Well, hey, speaking of Royal Sports, why don't we get to this? Remo, fill people in on this trivia that's coming up a little later on. Again, Scott Wheeler coming up Mm -hmm. in about five minutes. Paul Edmonds, voice of the Jets, after Scott Wheeler. And then it's going to be game time. We will finish off with the marble race. But before that, we are debuting WST Trivia 
uh, fill everyone in how it's going. And speaking of Royal Sports, I will in the meantime show people what they might be able to win if they come out on top. Yeah, so we got uh, we have a Jets themed trivia, and we have a, a Grey Cup themed trivia. We're gonna do with for Jets prizes, Bomber prizes. There's gonna be a link on the screen with a code you enter in, put in your name and your email. You are signed up, and then uh, you have to put that in. So you'll be watching the stream on one device. Maybe you have a phone or another browser tab you can open, and uh, it'll be multiple choice questions. The faster uh, you answer, the more points you get. So you want to answer it quick, and you got like you know twenty five seconds to read it. So big guy wants a sample, a sample trivia question. I don't have a. I'll get one. Get one ready. I don't want to. Don't, wanna don't blow. worry about samples, big guy. Just be ready to go. It'll be the same. No one's seen it ever. It's going to be a completely new thing for everybody involved. Now for the Grey Cup trivia, our winner, hot off the press, the Grey Cup champions, and I have to say. This is the like the nicest champions hat I think I've seen before. This gray cup patch on the side, really really cool, amazing embroidery. Here you got it, the bombers, the gray I like, cup champs. I like those better than um the 2019 gray cup hats. I wasn't I wasn't as turned on by those, but I saw these ones. I'm like, oh, these are these are pretty nice. So me too, me I'm, too. I was hoping for a back to back one, but anyways, these are the ones that the players wore. These are the official ones, so I figured we get one of those. So whoever wins the bomber trivia. We'll have that. And then for the Jets trivia, the winner will have a choice between one of two Jets toques. Look at this one. This is the Fanatics. Got the NHL thing at the end. Jets old school heritage logo. Either that one or I really think these are sick. These are the reverse retro ones. There you go. Might go, might go better with your fit, your outfit, your jacket. Oh, those are nice. Yeah, they're very, very nice. So we've got, uh, we'll have the Jets winner. We'll get a choice of one of those and then we'll do it again. And the, the other one will be available the next time we do it. So um, do people need to know, do we want to get people sort of signing up right now for it already, you wanna, Remus? Or? Do you want to, should I do it right now? Well, I mean, I think people are here if they're ready. If we want to, if you want to pre-register, because we, we only sure. have enough room for a hundred people. So, I mean, we've got just about 200 in the chat right now. Some people will be in, some people will be out. Mm. But, you know, for all the hardos that want to make sure that they're, if you're going to be with us and you want to reserve your spot, I don't know, maybe we fire it up right now and uh, you can uh, let people know how they can sure. get in and uh, prepare for what is about to come. Which one do you want to start with, Grey Cup or Winnipeg? Because we're not going to be running this for to like probably an hour. Um, yeah, exactly. You want to start exactly. with the Grey Cup one? Sure, sure. That sounds okay. good. We will start with Grey Cup trivia. And I will throw up the... I'll write it in chat. I'll write, in, write it in chat, the, uh, the code. Yeah, everyone's paid. I mean, we'll, we'll prompt. You'll be able to get in later on. But as I said, if you're with us and you know you're going to want to be in and play, um, pay attention to the chat. Remus will pop out that information. And uh, we'll get you in there. And uh, yeah, after Polly Edmonds joins us, we'll get into a little trivia here for our holiday festivities and finish it up with the marble race. Um, hey, you know what? While we do that, while Remus is getting that, check out the chat. I will give a big shout out to our friends at F Apparel who are ready for Boxing Day. Now, you still do have uh, some time if you want to get one of those gift cards at 15% off. Go to fapparel.com, 15% off. So a $200 gift card will only cost $170. They, of course, the, uh, the spot for uh, all sorts of custom suits and customs clothings at amazing prices. Everyone needs a suit that fits 
and looks great going into the new year. Um, and F Apparel is the place to go. An amazing sale beginning on Boxing Day. 20% off your entire purchase in-store and online. And 50% off accessories, ties, tie clips, pocket squares, socks, etc. They're downtown at 190 Smith Street. Check out the website right now, F Apparel. As I mentioned, great deal on those gift cards heading into Christmas and a massive Boxing Week sale. Might be the great time to, uh, you know, uh, you know, maybe make a purchase for yourself after you've uh, bought stuff for everyone else heading into uh, ending into the holidays. Um, our friends at Vita Health are going to be open until 6 p.m. tomorrow. Of course, open regular hours today. Um, and Vita Health, I mean, what an amazing selection. A lot of great little, you know, local gift ideas, stocking stuffers that, you know, might help you out. But they're stocked with Winnipeg's best selection of local, organic, and natural groceries, supplements, beauty products, all at great prices. Of course, they're a great local company around for 85 years, empowering people to live healthy lives since 1936. And they do have, if you do need some, um, you know, special things for the uh, for the Christmas dinner, uh, organic plant-based, gluten-free, and natural holiday fixings, including stuffing, cranberry sauce, baking supplies, eggnog, chocolate, and more. And they've got a great selection of non-alcoholic drinks. These clever G&Ts uh, I'm a big fan of. And the Sober Carpenter beers are um, no alcohol a great option for the holidays if you do want to have some non-alcoholic options. So uh, Vita Health, seven locations in Winnipeg, including the newest store in Linden Ridge and online at myvita.ca. Um, our friends at Culligan Water are also celebrating a big year, 65 years being the go-to people for all water services here in Winnipeg. And they've got it all. Softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems, drinking water systems, and citywide water delivery services, as well as commercial and industrial water products and solutions heading into 2022. Uh, they've got a great December deal right now, $9.99 for three, uh, a month for three months of Culligan Water Services. And heck, maybe even give them a call today at 694-5180 and give the gift of Culligan Water Services if you think that that might be a, a great solution for somebody on your list. Find out more, drinkculligan.com or visit them in person down at 1200 Sargent Avenue. All right, so Paul Edmonds coming up. We'll have a holiday visit from the voice of the Winnipeg Jets. But, of course, the pre-tournament games are on right now. We've got Canada taking on Russia a little later on. Finland and the Americans going at it right now. And the tournament gets going in earnest on Boxing Day. So uh, let's hook up with, uh, you know, one of our favorite, uh, one of our favorites, Scott Wheeler. But holy smokes, Wayne Jones. Wayne Jones dropping a big super chat. A god jewel. Merry Christmas in Norwegian from the Norwegian chapter. Wayne, we appreciate you always with us in the chat. Really almost from day one. Thank you very much. Getting our numbers up in Norway. We appreciate that. And it's great to have you connect with us here in Winnipeg each and every day. Massive super chat from Wayne. Thank you very, very much. All right, let's hear from Scott Wheeler. Caught up with him a little earlier to get ready for the World Junior Championship. Scott Wheeler, of course, of The Athletic. And uh, this is our chat before Paul Edmonds joins us next on WST. Scott, best of the season to you, my friend. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, best of the season to you. And and my favorite season, if I'm being honest. World Junior season is kind of the the highlight of my year. So can't wait to dive in here. Well, you know, fingers crossed we get this tournament 
off as planned right now. I mean, just before we yeah. get into everything, and we did hear um, a couple days ago that the event's going to 50% capacity, which comes yeah. with a whole bunch of headaches for Hockey Canada and lost revenue, no eating or drinking at the games. Um, Just from your perspective and who you're talking about, uh, where are we at with getting this tournament off, played safely and completely? Well, it's happening one way or the other at this point. Once all of the players for the 10 clubs arrived on the 16th and 17th, it was a foregone conclusion at that point that this was going to take place. You weren't going to bring them all over here and then send them all the way back, right? So once they got through their 48 hours of quarantines, all the teams had to sort of stay in their hotel rooms for their first two days upon arrival, including the Canadians. Uh, and once they got through that, it, it's, it's, it's your sort of typical tried and true Edmonton bubble. They've done this twice now already, right? They've done it for the Stanley Cup playoffs. They did it for last year's World Juniors, and now they're doing it again. So those kids are only going to do hotel, rink, hotel, rink, hotel, rink every day. That's that's their life for the next two weeks. And uh, the, the, it seems like it's going to work. It has worked in the past. The question then became, obviously, do you have fans? And we know now that they're down to 50% capacity, that the fans won't be allowed to eat or drink. Concessions will all be closed at the arena. Um, so that's where they're starting. We'll see whether that, I think there's a chance that that actually ends up being reduced again if if the numbers are what we expect them to be over the next couple of weeks, especially after the holidays. Uh, but for now, that's how they're approaching it. That's how they're moving forward. And you're right. It's a huge headache for Hockey Canada. They had sold over 85% of their tickets in Red Deer and Canada's not even playing in that group. So they've now got 35, 40% of those tickets that they have to give back to people in refunds. And then in, in Edmonton, they were also well over 50%, which means a, a massive of refunds and lost revenue for hockey Canada. So uh, it's, it's been a tough go here. Well, the lost revenue is one thing. I mean, they don't have massive staffs either for these things. I mean, I worked on the world junior or the world women's hockey championships here in, in 07. And I mean, you're selling a ton of tickets, you're working for a year and a half, but it's not like, you know, you've even got the staff of an NHL team to handle this. I, the yeah. logistics, I mean, it is a nightmare um scenario for ticketing people and it'll be interesting to see how all, the, all of that works out but that being said most of us are going to be at our homes in our living rooms watching the game from coast to coast um canada with a little unfinished business after losing to the states last year in the gold medal game yeah they looked like they were in cruise control in last year's tournament the talk of the tournament heading into that gold medal game was this unstoppable force that canada had looked like right through group play, right through the quarterfinals, right through the semifinals. And then they were upset, obviously, by a historically great age group. And that sort of 2001 age group for USA Hockey had been through a lot together. They had not won U18s, despite having Cole Caulfield and Matt Boldy and Alex Turcotte and Arthur Kaliev. And you go down the list, all of those guys had never actually won a title together. So to now have them complete that and have that sort of sour taste in, in Canada's mouth. Yeah, certainly there, there's some redemption. This isn't a big returnee group. So it's worth saying that there aren't a lot of guys who feel that other than Cole Perfetti, Dylan Guerin and Caden Gooley. Uh, so it's, it's not like there's a huge turnover from last year's team, but I think this group still has a little bit of a chip on their shoulder and they want to get back in the win column. And they are, as they typically are, the, I would say the heavy favorites. Um, it doesn't mean it's a cakewalk, doesn't mean it's a sure thing, as was the case last year. 
But the, of the five superpowers, they're definitely the favorite in this year's tournament. Well, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about Canada, in particular, Cole Perfetti, who's of particular interest to Winnipeg Jet fans here in Winnipeg. Yeah. But when you look at the tournament overall, um, if Canada is the heavy favorite, uh, who are the, the next contenders um, if you had to handicap this? Well, in recent years, we've been used to USA and, and Finland being those two teams. Those three countries have won the last nine gold medals. And this year, it does feel a little bit different. I still don't think the Russians are quite in that group. We, we The Russians have fallen into this bronze medal pattern over the last decade. Uh, and I think that's about where you can project the Russians in this year's tournament as well. They're, they'll probably be semifinalists, which means they're in one of the medal games. But I think they're probably more of a third, fourth place team in this year's tournament. And then it's not the Americans like it has been. I don't think it's a Canada-U.S. tournament necessarily this year. The Swedes, who famously have, have had that 48-game win streak through group play but haven't won a gold medal in a decade, they're the team that has a chance to rewrite history and get that long overdue gold medal and, and sort of challenge Canada. If I were to pick a second contender after the Canadians, it would probably be the Swedes first and then the Americans third. So I'm really looking forward to watching this Swedish team. They got the biggest NHL returnee of the entire tournament in Alexander Holtz's return to the club. They've got William Eklund, who started the year in San Jose and is going to be the first line center. Eklund and Holtz have grown up playing together. They're best friends. They're going to be a dynamic duo together. And then you go right down the list of that Swedish team. They've got arguably the best defense in the tournament, or at least one that's comparable to the United States. They've got a goaltender in Jesper Wallstadt, who is this kind of transcendent goalie prospect and one of the best goalie prospects that we've seen in quite some time. So the Swedes are, are a legitimate contender and I would love to see things shake up and see, say a Canada, Sweden gold medal game for a change. You, you Speaking of the Swedes, you mentioned that incredible statistic where they have been, I mean, perfect through the round Robin and just have not yet won. Uh, is there any explanation for that? And, and what does that do to a team and an organization going in and trying to get at it again after repeated failures with such high expectations. Well, I think now that that streak has been snapped, it's actually almost a, a weight off of their shoulders. Yeah, and it's not point. going to be a point at this year's tournament. And, and if you ask Thomas Monton, their head coach about it, which I have asked him about it in the past, he says that he doesn't think because of the turnover in the tournament, year over year. He doesn't think it's baggage that has been carried from tournament to tournament. And he would probably argue, as would the Swedish Federation, that it ultimately comes down to luck and goaltending. It's the same thing with the Stanley Cup Finals. And we had that conversation with Alex Ovechkin year after year after year until he won. Ultimately, I think they've had teams and they know that they've had teams that were good enough to win. And they just didn't get it done. And and you can dissect that. And the conversation among many in Sweden, I've spoken to general managers in the SHL who believe this, there's this sort of stereotypical belief that those kids don't maybe work as hard or play as heavy as the Finns, the Russians, the Canadians, and the Americans who all play, especially the Finns of late, play that sort of pesky, forechecking, get-after-it style that the Swedes typically steer away from with more of a skill, smaller types of players, that kind of a game. And that's true again this year. I was looking at their roster the other day, their average height of the, the Swedish forwards in this year's group is like 5'10", 5'11". Like they're just a, a little bit of a smaller group than the other superpowers, at least up front. They've got a big blue line this year. So that is part of it. I, the players tend to be smaller and I think push comes to shove. Maybe that you, you could turn to that if there's one reason why it hasn't worked. But ultimately, I think the bigger indicator is just luck, goaltending, getting a key goal at the right time. Those things just haven't fallen their way. 
Scott Wheeler of The Athletic with us on Winnipeg Sports Talk, getting ready for a puck drop on the World Junior Hockey Championships. Uh, well, let's focus in on Team Canada. Now, may as well start up front. And Cole Perfetti looks like he's going to be a top-line player. We were talking about some of the odds for the event. He's the odds-on um, player to lead the team in scoring uh, and a returnee. Um, for Jet fans, it'll be turning in. Now, how impactful do you think Cole Perfetti will be and how important is he going to be for Canada's chances at the event? Well, he's going to be pivotal. They they don't have that sort of Connor McDavid obvious guy who's going to lead the charge. So I think they're going to turn by committee to a lot of their forwards up front, especially in that top six. And Cole, I would say, is one of three forwards who are going to have to be great. I think if Canada is going to win gold, you're going to need Cole Perfetti, Kent Johnson, and Mason McTavish to be their best forwards. Those are Clearly, their three most talented forwards. And those guys are going to have to be great, or at least two of the three of them are going to have to be great. And obviously, Cole is the only returnee of those three. So he he's going to be counted upon. He's going to play first line left wing. He's going to play on the top power play unit. They tried him on the bumper and on the half wall. We'll see where he ends up come come the sort of tournament. Uh, but he's 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 a big piece of the puzzle. And as we learned a couple of days ago, also an assistant captain and wearing a letter. So He's going to be trotted out in front of us media types a lot, I suspect, because he's so well-spoken and articulate and they want him to be the kind of face that way. So you're going to see a lot of Cole Perfetti over the course of this tournament. Now, um, you know, we've heard a lot about Shane Wright um, as it pertains to the draft. A lot of people haven't seen him. Uh, tell us a little bit of a guy that's a top draw, a draft prospect this year. And Connor Bedard made the team as a 16-year-old. I mean, are we yeah. going to see him play? Does he, does he mix into the actual lineup? Yeah, I think Connor's going to get some reps. They've had him on the sort of rotating on and off of the second power play. And if he is playing in the top 12 in any given night during the group play, which I think they will tinker with him there, they're not going to decide on their 12 or 13 until the quarterfinals. So I think you'll see all 14 forwards that they bring get get reps through group play. And when he gets reps, it's going to be to score goals. It's going to be on the power play. So you're going to see you're going to see a decent amount of Connor Bedard. I actually think you'll see a lot more, though, of Matt Michkov, the kind of one-two that's developing in the 2023 draft class. Michkov is unquestionably going to play first-line right wing for for the Russians, whereas Bedard is obviously not a lock to play in that kind of a role. So Michkov might get a little bit more shine, uh, but Shane Wright is certainly going to play in that sort of similar role that, that you're going to see Michkov in, which is first-line. He's playing right now with Cole Perfetti. They've rotated the right wingers uh, throughout camp and through Banff. Uh, they've kind of switched the right wingers. So I think you'll continue to see that. They like their center left wing pairs and right and Perfetti are, are one of those center left wing pairs. And then you'll probably see a rotating cast of righties with them. But Shane's a special player. Uh, Bedard, I think, is the greater prospect in the grand scheme of things. But Shane is a better two-way player. He's a centerman. And Bedard is also a centerman, but it will be playing wing in this tournament. Uh, so you're going to see Shane Wright in a prominent role. And there was a bit of a conversation starting to develop about whether he was the clear-cut first overall pick mm. leading into this tournament after a bit of a slow start in Kingston. And I expect that he'll put that to bed and that he'll be at one of Canada's top players and that you'll measure him side-by-side side to several other top 10 picks who are going to be playing in this tournament for different countries. And you'll start to see him distinguish himself versus a Danila Yurov, a Logan Cooley, those types who are also going to be playing in the tournament. So uh, Shane's going to be a big piece of the puzzle for Canada. He may also penalty kill for them. Uh, so they're they're counting on him, despite him being an underager in this tournament, to be a top six forward for them. 
You know, I, I've got to ask you about Michikov quickly from the Russians, and we will get a chance to see Canada and Russia play in the pre-tournament game. We'll see what yeah. happens in the actual event. Um, you know, on this side of the ocean, we're talking all about Conor Medard as this uh, generational prospect, but, you know, mm -hmm. if you look at these other events, I mean, Michikov sort of in that neighborhood as well. I mean, how would you compare those two, and how close are they when it comes to people prospecting for that draft in a couple of years? They are neck and neck for me. Uh, and I, I think there's a very strong case that Michkov is the better prospect. The trouble with Michkov, as has been talked about so much, is that he signed for three seasons after his draft in, in the KHL, which is definitely a factor for teams. Even if he is the better prospect, the idea of getting Connor Bedard into your organization immediately is going to pull teams in that direction, I think. But they are both unbelievable. I, I think we've often manufactured a one-two debate over these kids in the draft over the years that is often feels kind of thin and and unreasonable to me. Uh, it, they it happened last year with Owen Power. It happened with Jack Hughes and Capocacco towards the end of the year. It even happened with Carter McDavid and Jack Eichel, believe it or not. So it it has been a conversation, and I think next year is really the first year since Tyler Sagan and Taylor Hall where there is a legitimate conversation over who the first overall sort of prospect is in the draft. So it's going to be a talking point, not just at this year's tournament, but at next year's tournament, when both of those kids will be back and they'll be playing in Russia on Michkov's home soil. So uh, I, I think this year is going to be the appetizer and next year is going to be their real sort of coming out party. There's these two sensations playing in their draft year, playing in the tournament for a second time. That's going to be the real thrill. So uh, I, I'm really looking forward to both of these next two world juniors for, for that reason. Scott, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Remo and myself and a few of the guys went down to the ice cave to see the Edmonton Oil Kings take on the Winnipeg ice. At the time they were the top two teams in all Canadian junior hockey. Yeah. Um, and they had just made the trade. So we got a chance to see Caden Gooley play. He scored his first goal as an oil King, a power play goal ended up being the winner. Uh, and we also got to see Sebastian Cosa in net and what a yeah. monster he is. Um, um, you know, talk about if you could about those two players, their impact, um, as well as maybe just overall how the Canada blue line looks and the goaltending depth. Well, the blue line is, is I think, going to be if there is a tr if they do run into trouble in the tournament, it will be with the blue line. That is, if there's a weakness on this team, Canada, I would say it's the blue line. Caden Gooley and Owen Power are going to play a lot. We know that they're the locks one, two on the left side. The question is really becoming who are the righties who who will play with Owen Power and Caden Gooley. For now, it looks like that's going to be Owen Zellweger and Lucas Cormier, but Lucas Cormier really struggled in Calgary in their selection camp. So I think that's in pencil rather than permanent marker, if you will. Uh, but I mean, Gooley's huge. He's going to be a big part of this team. Obviously, he's the captain. He's going to play on the top penalty kill. He's going to play huge minutes at even strength. He won't be on the power play, but Owen Power will be. Uh, and I, those two guys have to be two of Canada's four or five best players if they're going to win the gold medal. That's just the bottom line. And Owen Power in particular, I think if push comes to shove in a gold medal game, you, you may see Owen Power pushing 30 minutes. So um, those two guys have to be big. And then on the flip side in net, there's almost no debate. And, and it's weird to say that because Dylan Guerin's the returnee and Dylan Guerin's also having an unbelievable season in the WHL. And, and even more ironically, I would actually argue that Brett Brochu, who looks like he's going to be the third string goalie is having the best season of the bunch. So th they have three excellent goalies in net, which is a bit of a 180 for Canada versus the last few years. Obviously, Devin Levi really ran with it last year, but that kind of came out of nowhere with how good Devin Levi was for them last year. 
And this year, it looks like it's going to be Kosa's net. I suspect that because Garen's the returnee, he's going to get one or two of those group, those four group play games. And then they'll make the decision based off of their performances into the quarterfinals as to who the guy is for the medal round. I don't think it's just going to be Sebastian Kosa for all seven games like it was for Devin Levi last year. But I do think that when it when that decision does come, that it will be Kosa over Garen for the starting job come quarterfinals. And I mean, you talked about the size. That's the talking point. But they like how vocal Kosa is. He's a very talkative goalie in the net. They like his ability to play the puck, which is also a strength. So, so there, there are elements to Kosa's game beyond the size that they really like. And he just feels also almost kind of like a leader on this team. So I think they really like Kosa as the, as the guy for now. Well, depth at goaltending certainly wasn't something we were talking about with Team Canada with the prospective Olympic trip by the NHLers, but uh, it's good to yeah. hear that that's not the case for Team Canada and the juniors. Um, I guess I do have to ask you, just tournament-wide, Scott, who are the draft-eligible players that people should be paying attention to and the guys that you and guys prospecting for the upcoming draft would be paying the closest attention to? Yeah, so Shane Wright's the big name, but there is actually a, a larger number of top prospects for 2022 in this group that are going to be playing in the tournament. I mentioned Danila Yurov. He'll be playing in the top nine for Russia and is a likely top 10 pick in this year's draft. There are three kids who are going to be first rounders on the, Slova on the Slovaks who are really the dark horse of this tournament. And it's almost disappointing that they're playing in the group of death because it likely means that barring an upset, they're going to finish first and have to or fourth and have to play Canada in the quarterfinals. But the Slovaks are going to be a ton of fun to watch. Simon Nemitz is a potential top five pick for me in this draft. He'll be their number one, if not number two defenseman. And then up front, they've got two excellent forwards in Juraj Slavkovsky, who's playing in Finland right now, but is from Slovakia, another top 10 guy. And Philip Messar, who's more of a top 20 guy in this year's draft, but another definitely almost surely a first round pick, especially if he has a good tournament here. So you go down the list and, and that's not even sort of touching on all of them. Logan Cooley is going to play second line center to start for the USA after Thomas Bordalo, who was expected to be their second line center, was sidelined uh, for the second year in a row devastatingly due to COVID protocols. So Bordalo, a San Jose Sharks top prospect, won't be participating, which is going to increase 2022 top prospect Logan Cooley's role with the team. So it, there, there are a ton of talking points that way in terms of the 2022 draft in this in this class. There's probably seven or eight of the top 10 picks in this year's draft who are going to be playing in the tournament. And one guy I didn't even mention is David Giracic, who will play for the Czech Republic in Canada's group. Another sort of top 10, top 15 pick in this year's draft. Scott Wheeler, The Athletic with us. Scott, I hope you have a great Christmas with the family. I guess you're on a bird very early on Boxing Day and heading out I to am. Edmonton. Uh, Phil Athletic subscribers on uh, what you and the gang will have coming up uh, throughout the tournament. Yeah, I've got a lot of prep done. I, I try to do sort of stories every day and features every day. So I've been doing prep on eight or nine guys whose stories I want to tell over the course of the tournament. And those stories are mostly ready. So now it's just about waiting for those kids to have a moment or waiting for the right time to tie it all together. So you can count on that throughout the tournament. And then obviously my tournament and notebook is kind of a staple. I'll have thoughts on virtually every drafted prospect by the time the tournament's over. So if you miss a game, if you miss five games, if you miss the entire tournament, if you're a casual observer, uh, you can sort of check into the athletic throughout and, and keep up to date on, on what's happening, who's playing well, what the storylines are, all of that. Scott, thanks so much for doing this. Really appreciate it. Have a great Christmas and travel safely out West. Thanks guys. Happy holidays. 
All right, great stuff from Scott Wheeler of The Athletic. Scott will, of course, be out there, as he mentioned, uh, early on Boxing Day, covering the entire tournament for The Athletic. Great to have Scott join us. Uh, one more guest before we get down to business with the uh, with the first ever WST Trivia. Your chance for the Grey Cup, to, the Grey Cup Trivia, to win one of these sweet Bomber Grey Cup championship hats. We've got a couple really nice Jets toques for uh, for the uh, choice of our winner of a Jets trivia as well. And then, of course, we finish it off with the marble race. We do. We've only got a couple more of these beautiful hoodies. I think large and XL, I believe. Don't quote me on this. Um, but anyways, we've got one of those for our winners. And I think I might have a little bit of the good stuff Canadian Club for another package. I'll, I love Rye package for uh, for our marble race at the end. Um, but right off the bat, Primo, we've got some thank yous to give out to. Randy, Randy D, just wanted to renew my WST subscription for next year. Many thanks to Huss and Remus for competently, thank you, Randy, That's a, that might be a stretch, competently filling in the Winnipeg sports void. Awesome guests and content. Cheers to everyone in chat too. Have fun and be responsible. Uh, amazing we will have fun we will be responsible we have fun every day with y'all uh, here in uh, in youtube and of course for the folks listening on the podcast darb you're with the super chat time for my weekly dime drop hope everyone has a great holiday season hoping santa brings us all some sanity in these trying times oh darb you're the best and uh jet oil tom another one of our favorites a uh, very loyal listener with a super chat. Happy Festivus, everyone. And as Randy D said, thanks to Huss and Remus for competently filling in the Winnipeg Sports Void. Awesome guests and content. Holy smokes, what's going on here? Theo Seegers with the super chat as well. Folks, you guys are also generous. Thank you very much. We really do appreciate it. Uh, but first and foremost, we appreciate you being with us each and every day here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Um, you know, we also appreciate the support of our wonderful sponsors, including Donnie and the gang over at Manitoba Battery. As we told you, um, you know, last couple of days, there are some Christmas gifts that might be more useful than others. Um, and they've got some awesome deals on booster cables going into the uh, into this winter. And of course, sled batteries, anywhere from 65 to $75 for all makes and models and vehicle batteries as well. Uh, once we get on the other side of things, it's going to be getting cold. If you think you might need even just a check, free testing on all batteries, pop down and see them, 1026 Logan Avenue. You can give them a call, 783-8787. They'll deliver citywide. Save money on those big box prices. Don't bother wasting your time at Costco. Go over to Manitoba Battery, 1026 Logan. Give them a call, 783-8787 or online at manitobabattery.com. Uh, we saw that that uh, chat from, I believe it was John earlier today, who said that uh, he'd never been or heard of Royal Sports before, but because we're always talking, it popped in there. Unbelievable store and dropped about $500 for Christmas. Thank you very much for the support. Royal, of course, is the spot. It's where I got this Grey Cup Champs hat that we're doing for our Bomber trivia. It's where I got the Jets gear that we'll be doing for our trivia prizes as well. And um, I got caught up in there for a while just because there's so much stuff. Uh, best spot for last minute, definitely Royal Sports for the sports fan in your family. And get ready for a massive Boxing Day sale beginning on the 26th over at Royal Sports. And a special holiday greeting to our friends over at Not Auto Corp at Waverly and McGilvery. 
Uh, I'm not sure whether you asked for a Tesla for Christmas, but if you did, there's about 30 of them on the lot along with some other incredible vehicles. And if they don't have exactly what you're looking for, they'll help you find it and get it here to Winnipeg. Why not get into the car of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Not team? A uh, big happy holidays from us to Not Auto Corp, as well as the gang over at the Winnipeg Car Lab, open now at Waverly McGilvery and online at not.ca. If you're just popping in right now, it is our festive holiday extravaganza and uh, maybe the jolliest of our friends about to join us in just a moment. Uh, in the meantime, definitely keep paying attention to the chat. Remus has got instructions. If you want to get in the trivia game, I think we've already got about 60 people. We've got a max of 100. Um, so stay tuned for that. And uh, oh, my God, Candace Jane with a super chat. Can't chat. I'm at work. Happy holidays. And Stonewall Dave dropping one in for us as well. Great stuff. Thanks to the WST crew and the community. Chat, you barely ever make me wish the internet didn't exist. That's crazy. <laughs> oh, man, it's such a great group we've got here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Thank you, everyone, for the generous super chats. We do appreciate it. And uh, and speaking of, um, you know, brightening up spirits a little bit, guess who's coming into WST right now? Our great friend, the voice of the Winnipeg Jets on Jets Radio 680 CGOB. Let's welcome in Paul Edmonds to the program. Paulie, best of the season to you, my friend. Thanks for doing this. And uh, we're going to, we're having a tough time with the connection. I think what we might do is have Michael call you on the uh, on the phone, if, the, if that's cool. Um, because for whatever reason, we're breaking up. And I know people are definitely going to want to hear, uh, hear what you talk. We'll have a little bit of fun, but we will get your thoughts on the Jets so far. So, you know, just disconnect. Michael will get that going on. And uh, we'll just give you a call and bring Paul back in in just a second. Holy smokes, I'm just following all these super chats today. That is just absolutely phenomenal, folks. We cannot thank you enough for all of that. And uh, Randy got things going with that uh, $50 super chat. Holy smokes. Um, but don't forget, the winning will continue. Marble race coming up. There was no way we were going into Christmas, even if we missed a Friday show, without doing our marble race. If you're new around here, we'll usually do those on Friday afternoons heading into the weekend. Uh, but today we're doing a special Thursday one. But before that, after we finish up with Paul, we're going to do a Grey Cup trivia game. Winner will get this beautiful Grey Cup champions hat back to back. Winnipeg Blue Bombers, you know the team. Um, and then we've got a couple of really cool Winnipeg Jets toques where the winner will have the choice of either the uh, Heritage version or the reverse retro version coming up uh, for that so um we'll get paul on here via the phone just to make sure we've got the best connection possible for us certainly especially for our podcast listeners and then once we finish up with paulie we'll get into the trivia if you haven't seen already i know remus did drop in wrench doozer thanks very much for the chat pal it's awesome super chat to the tune of baby shark <laughs> um Sorry about so that. There we've got the uh, we've got the um, information as to the trivia. Just pay attention. Remus, while we're talking to Polly, we'll put it out there again as well. Uh, we'll fill it up and we'll get going with some great cup and then some Jets trivia with some fun prizes before the marble race. Polly, great to have you on the program and best of the season. What's going on? Oh, not much. Sorry about that. I think uh, because of where we live, we don't have the greatest Internet connection. And I think I've got a young guy downstairs that's playing some video games. So it's probably carved in to the pipe, to the, the power of the internet here at Casa de Edmonds. So my apologies that we have to do this on the phone and not on camera, but I'm all good. Festivus 
for the rest of us and hope everybody has a, a great holiday. I'm looking yeah, forward to it. No doubt about it. Um, you know, and, and listen, we certainly would not want any of the holiday video game time being impacted for uh, dad taking a little <laughs> bit of time to uh, join us on WST. Um, weird, weird last week for the Winnipeg Jets, huh? I mean, when, uh, when did you sort of figure that maybe these games weren't going to be happening? Um, and, and, and what do you make of the, the, the situation that we're in and potential we're hearing a lot about this game on Monday, specifically because the Minnesota wild are hosting that winter classic next week. Um, uh, just, uh, fill us in on what it's been like behind the scenes, uh, with a, a, a situation that seems to be changing, Never mind daily, hourly. Yeah, it's, I mean, not only the fact that there was postponements of games and what's happening with Omnicrom and all of that. I mean, even if you back it up, I mean, Paul Maurice leaves and Dave Lowry comes in and then they play a game on that Friday. And then, you know, you're starting to get uh, wind that, that the games next week in Nashville and Dallas might not go and Dallas is still a go and Nashville gets postponed and then they play another game on Sunday and then the news comes out. So all I'm doing is kind of rehashing the schedule here, but it was, it was ever changing. It was very reminiscent of March of 2020. Okay. What's going on? What's going to happen? And literally within a couple of hours, something would change and it would be different. So then you're just kind of rolling with the punches and waiting sort of for, for what's going to happen next or what's going to be the next announcement. So I think that people like the Jets players, staff, people that cover the team have been down this road before in society for that matter. And they're just kind of rolling. Okay, well, what's next and whatever's next, I guess we'll just deal with it as uh, we meet it head on. And that's sort of what's happened in my world from my standpoint. It's been a little odd, but I think the one thing that I kind of look at from this standpoint is that they've had that three weeks and whether they went to the Olympics or not in February, and now they've decided as an NHL and the players association that they're not, that they had some time in and amongst that time to make up some games if there was an outbreak of COVID or a variant, as we have seen. So I think that there was some security. There was a plan B. There was some contingency there. So it gives me hope that knowing that there is three weeks without games scheduled over that time, that you'll be able to make up the games and play all 82. So it's not like, okay, are they pushing the schedule even further? Are we going to be into june and july and maybe august again this year so i mean they'll get it figured out the plan is to play all 82 and let's just hope that things settle down here over the holidays and they're able to kind of get back to a a schedule that uh that kind of rolls along and mirrors the one that was originally sent out with the exception of the postponements you know, uh, the Jets announced today, Jets PR, that um, Andrew Kopp and Christian Veselainen have been placed on the COVID list. Any idea whether that will affect anything for next week, or is it basically like you just sort of described? Uh, we'll wait and see what happens on Boxing Day when things come back, and I know what that means for the Jets as a club, as well as for this game next week on Monday? Yeah, well, that's kind of it. I mean, I don't know who's in town and who's not. I mean, we're still required to test, so... I have been down every morning at the Iceplex, but I'm not really running into a lot of um, players or, or, I mean, you kind of roll in there and you roll out. It's literally, literally about three minutes that you're there and then you're leaving. So I don't know who's, who's in town, who's left. So I would imagine that, you know, you're going to have to have some more tests before you're allowed back into the facility uh, where you get those done. I don't know if you're out and you're abroad 
Um, you know, it's just, it's a little bit of a, it's a bit of a mess to be honest with you. And by no one's doing, I mean, and this is just what this variant does. It's just what the virus does. It just creates chaos and confusion. And fortunately we've got some very good medical people with the Winnipeg jets and, and certainly with the national hockey league. And they follow the protocols that have been set out by the jurisdictions, you know, in this case, Manitoba and Manitoba health and, and then you just kind of deal with who's going to be in and who's going to be out. And I think one of the reasons why the league decided that they had to kind of have a pause on this was it seemed that the last couple of teams that were coming into Winnipeg, Washington, St. Louis, were playing with a handful, if not half a dozen of guys that were from the American Hockey League. And, you know, that was just getting a little bit too kind of cumbersome to be bringing these guys in. And, and it was just kind of spreading like wildfire. So I think from that standpoint, they did a real good job of, of determining that they had to kind of cool this they did and then i think we'll have more testing as it goes along to see what happens and who can return but in terms of what they do going forward for boxing day i guess i'll wait to see exactly what time the practice is and then figure it out from there yeah a little touch and go voice of the jets on 680 cgob jets radio paul Edmonds with us on winnipeg sports talk as we head into the holidays uh, Paula, you mentioned last Friday, I kind of wanted to get to the current situation first, but uh, this is the first time we've spoken since um, the bombshell announcement of uh, Paul Maurice that he was leaving the club Friday morning. Take us through uh, your day on Friday, uh, when you found out, and um, how stunned were you that it happened, especially the morning of a big game against the Capitals? Yeah, I was, I mean, nothing shocks me anymore because I've been around long enough to know that you can kind of, predict the unpredictable, but I was surprised. I know that I know that the scrutiny was getting louder on Paul. I know that with every subsequent loss to an inferior team or a team deemed to be inferior like Buffalo or Arizona, that the voices of dissent got louder and that the people that are paying the freight and fans were maybe, you know, getting a little bit more vocal about a change. But I didn't think that Paul was going to walk away because I always felt in confidence in Paul that he would get things turned around with his team. And it it never appeared to me like the team had quit on him or he had lost the room, quote unquote, as it likes to be projected. They played hard. There was just times and elements where they just didn't get a lot done. They didn't get some fortune. They got, you know, uh, goalies that were coming in that were outperforming. Uh, there are guys, uh, the, you know, there was just a lot of things that was going on. So from that standpoint, I was a little bit surprised that, that Paul on the day of game decided to walk away. But as Paul Stastny said, you have to find some nobility in that from the standpoint that, you know, if a guy just doesn't have that fire burning and that passion anymore, then maybe it's appropriate that he walks away and leaves it to somebody else that does. And Paul and I had an excellent relationship, professional relationship for eight plus years. And, Boy, he taught me a lot about being in the NHL, about you know how to carry yourself, how to dress from that standpoint. And not that we had conversations that way, Hustler. It was just I watched him through osmosis, how he carried himself, and the, the communicator that he was, and the very intelligent hockey mind that he is, and the, the person that he is. He was always gracious with his time. You know, I always marveled at how he would get up after tough losses and answer questions with the patience and the aplomb that he did. And very rarely over the eight years, eight plus years, did he ever snap. And so from that standpoint, I, I'm going to miss him. I, it's going to be different. But if 
somebody knew that they needed a change in that room for a new voice, it would have been Paul first and foremost. And he decided to go. And so we'll see. I think that he was right when he's left the Jets in a better spot. He got the rock uh, up the mountain as far as he could go. And we'll see what happens. You know, this is not the first time that this has happened, although this is the first time that Paul walked away on his own accord. If you recall, he had a pretty good team in Carolina that got, I think, to the Eastern Conference final the one year. And then the next year, they kind of scuffled out of the gate and they made they made Paul uh, kind of pay for it. And he lost his job. Peter Laviolette came in and ended up winning the Stanley Cup with that group that Paul had kind of nurtured. Not suggesting that that's going to happen here, but Paul, I think, since that back then, understood going back to his, you know, his mind of the history of the chronology of those types of things and realized that maybe, you know, instead of them making a decision here uh, on me, I'll make my own decision. And he walked away. So, you know, a dawning of a new era hustler, uh, but I will be, uh, I'm sad to see Paul go. Well, I mean, I think anyone in the media is very sad to see Paul Maurice go. I mean, this is, I mean, Dave Lowry, you know, he's a hockey guy. I mean, an incredible NHL career has been coaching, but I mean, you can go down the list of any coach in almost all professional sports. And, you know, we were very lucky with what we got from Paul Maurice on a daily basis at that microphone. And uh, my, my new, my Christmas wish is that Paul Maurice gets on a panel sometime soon. So we'll be able to hear his insight. Um, and I think it'll be in a little bit of a different, um, it'll be framed differently when, you know, being away from a hockey club. But it was very clear. He still cares very much about this team, this city, this organization, and um, and thought that it was the right thing to do for the betterment of the hockey club going forward. So as far as Dave, uh, Dave Lowry goes, first off, hey, Leslie Michnuck, thank you so much. Another super chat in here. You guys fill the void in sports content. Every show is awesome and the chat is fire. Even the cold takes. Merry Christmas to us, Remo, and the WST chat. Leslie, thank you very much for that. Um, Paulie, so Dave Lowry, this is very different than Boost Boudreaux. I mean, in Vancouver, they cleaned house. The assistants were gone. A new guy came in, a completely new voice. And they rattled off six in a row. Dave Lowry has been with this club. He's coming from the assistant coach's office to the head coach's office. What do you make of the challenges for Dave Lowry? And, um, you know, if, if you will, when you look at this hockey club coming out of that very important win against St. Louis, what do you think he'll be thinking of working at over the holidays to try to instill in this hockey club when they get back on the ice, whether it's Monday or days later? Well, first and foremost, he really doesn't have a lot of history with this group. Yes, he came on board last year and it was in a bubble environment and scenario. But as an assistant coach, I mean, you are asked for your input and you will provide that to the head coach. And ultimately, the head coach makes the final decision. And the head coach will make those decisions with players in terms of lines or scratches. And that will be face to face, usually at pregame skates or beforehand in the room, in his office, whatever. And the assistant coaches are kind of removed from that. Well, this is different now for Dave. Dave is a no-nonsense, matter-of-fact guy. It's the way he played the game. It's the way that I think that he will coach going forward. This is his first foray, of course, in the National Hockey League as a head coach, but he's also been you know, a head coach at other levels as well and an assistant before he even got to Winnipeg in the National Hockey League when he was with Los Angeles. In saying all of that, I think Dave has some ideas, and he's a keen hockey mind as well, some ideas of some tweaks. And we saw that already with the power play where he got 
Mark Shifley, Kyle Connor back into one-time spots on the flanks. And he's going to let Neil Pionk kind of feed those guys and then have more shots, more direction toward the net with those kinds of pucks that those guys can shoot. Because quite frankly, Kyle Connor and Mark Shifley shoot the puck very well. It would be on par with what we saw for a number of years with Patrick Laine. And the other part of this is now Dave owes none of these players anything. He doesn't owe them any ice time. He doesn't owe them any privileges that were promised to them, anything in terms of roles. I mean, right now, if you're one of those players, you're kind of looking and fighting for the ice time that you've been given before, but you're going to have to earn it again. So I think that this puts the onus now on the players. And like I said, Dave will make some tweaks and some things that he wants to sort of instill on this group to get his, fingerprints on it and have some ownership to it but i'm looking for the players the response and we certainly saw that on sunday against st louis for them to know that this is a brand new coach this guy is really fighting for a job next year as well because he still has the interim title attached to him so i mean there's a lot at stake for both dave and for the players and i would suggest more for the players because you know for some of them this is the second coach that has been relieved and this is the third coach that you've had in your national hockey league career in winnipeg so there is some responsibility there, and I believe that the accountability right now rests on the players more than it does on Dave because you know that Dave will have them prepared for the remaining 52 games or as best as possible they are on the schedule still. No, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and you know what? I mean, I guess going back to, to Friday, I mean, you know, everyone was stunned that Maurice was leaving, and we heard from Paul at 10 a.m. After that, Kevin Sheveldayoff went to the podium, and in the long annals of Chevy press conferences, this might have been the most interesting one where, you know, he spoke about it. They did talk about background having these conversations before, but what I really took about this was a couple comments, including these players maybe need to be a little uncomfortable. They should be right now, and it was a clear shot and a challenge to the men in that dressing room that this is on them going forward. Yeah, and I that was interesting to me, too. I mean, you know, Kevin was rather revealing that day, and I think that he had to. I think that he, he viewed this as an opportunity for him to sort of lay the gauntlet at the feet of the players as well and feel that no one, just Paul Maurice, was going to share the responsibility and where this team had got to at that point or the, the deficiencies that they had in terms of uh, not meeting the expectations that I think everybody had for them, including themselves, out of the gate and being, as we sit now, three points out of a, a playoff spot, watching the Jets try to climb the standings. And then, you know, certainly still six points back of, say, St. Louis um, in your division to try to get to one of the top three spots. So the general manager used it as an opportunity to say, yeah, we have sort of accepted the responsibility of Paul Maurice resigning. We've got a new guy in there, but this is on the players. And I think that, as he was saying to Hustler, They've got a good group. There's a lot of talent in that room. It's in there. I think one of the quotes, too, was, and I'm just paraphrasing, you know, it will be up to the players in that room to determine how far we go. But I do believe that anybody that's assembled this team, and Kevin has certainly done that, believes that there's enough talent to win here. They were just underachieving for the first 28 games of the season before Dave took over. So, you know, a message was sent to a number of different people, including the players, but it's really on the players now. And we'll see how the coaching staff responds with that as well. And what kind of changes, as we mentioned, but the players, I think know that it's on them now and that they have to kind of fix this, not uh, any other administrative changes above them.
what did you think about the games on the weekend? I mean, it sort of seemed like the 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 stun the the level of of shock I think was still on the hockey club going into the Friday night game. But uh, as far as that Sunday game goes, bottom line is that team needed two points, preferably in regulation against a division rival. They got it, and I know you're around the team on a regular basis. I can't imagine just what a win did for the atmosphere around the team going into what ended up being a couple days of practice before the Christmas break. Well, I think that when you're talking about what Kevin had to say and, and Paul stepping aside and a new head coach and, and all of that, you needed a response. And not only did you need a response from the players, but you needed, as you suggested, a win. And they got both. And wouldn't you know that one goes hand in hand with the other? The response they got was from two of their best players who had, frankly, not played all that consistently well. One of them being Connor Hellebuck, who I thought was brilliant on Sunday and very good, and outshone uh, Jordan Bennington. And then the other one was what, what Mark Shipley did and, and Nikolai Ehlers. Those guys were just excellent. Simply, they drove the bus, and they are going to have to, especially in the absence of Blake Wheeler. We don't know when he's going to come back. So Mark Shipley needs to be that driving number one center, and then right behind him is, is Pierre-Luc Dubois, but the guys that have been here for a while, the guys that you call the core, the foundation of this team, had to be better, and they were. I do believe that on Friday there was a little bit of that shock and, and processing that was going on, and sometimes when you're thinking too much, maybe the legs aren't moving. And while they gave Washington a pretty good battle, I think what we saw and can expect from the Winnipeg Jets is what we saw on Sunday against the St. Louis Blues moving ahead. That's sort of the response that you're looking for for this team to build that consistency that I talked about. But it came from some of their top players, and it had to come from them. I mean, yeah, it'd be great if Jensen Harkins and Christian Veselainen had great games, but you need to have your top players driving for you night after night or afternoon after afternoon, depending on when the game is going to start. And that's what we saw the last game against the Blues for the Jets. You know, I see Nikolai in the chat. Um... Thank God I did that intro to Russian course so I can read Cyrillic when they join us in the chat. What up, Nikolai? It reminds me of the weekend that Nikolai Ehlers had, Paul. And certainly if you look at, um, you know, certainly on the actual score sheet, as well as all the analytic numbers, Ehlers was a monster. He sort of stood out as maybe a player that um, had, you know, stepped up the most over the course of the weekend. You think when you look at this hockey club, I mean, is Ehlers the sort of guy that, might benefit the most from uh, the change in head coach? Or is there, is there other guys that you think that, you know, with what's happened might be poised to have an even bigger impact as we get into 2022? Well, you know, there's always been that talk and Paul had to answer those questions about usage with Nikolai Ehlers and whether he needed more minutes. And I guess I'll be interested to watch to see if he does get more than say that 18 or 19 and, and get into that range where it's 22 and 23. Sometimes, though, just the size of his body, and he's six feet and he's, he's thin, I mean, probably 185 pounds at best, you wonder about them utilizing the skill set that he has too much at this time of year, and then the breakdown happens. The one thing for Nick, and it's been something that Paul's talked about for a number of years, when he plays more in straight lines, and the puck goes directly to the net off his stick, that's when Nikolai is most effective as a distributor of the puck and as a shooter. And then, frankly, the latter part of that is he needs to think more like a shooter than he does a distributor. And when he does that, when he has those three things, direct to the net, 
shooting the puck, and then certainly using his speed and taking that loop out of the game, then he's much more effective. And then everybody feeds around him because he becomes a target. You focal in on him, and then somebody else gets left open. But he had a great week. He was he was named the third star in the National Hockey League, so congratulations to him. But at the same time, I mean, he's another guy that I think, you know, this isn't year one or year two for him anymore. He's been here for, for six or seven years, and, and the time is nigh for, for a guy like Nikolai Ehlers, who got off to, frankly, he was shooting the puck a lot, Hustler, but he wasn't scoring a lot. Well, the goals have kind of come around correspondingly here lately, but he's another guy that I think in the absence of Blake Wheeler is going to have to score and score uh, prolifically for the Winnipeg Jets to be successful, and we saw signs of that certainly leading up to the weekend and then on the weekend for sure. And uh, we'll see what uh, what the break has for him and, and how he comes out of the break along with the rest of his team. But it was certainly a welcome sight to see the game that he had on Sunday against St. Louis. No doubt about it. Now, um, you know, a couple things that stood out. And again, I, I really have a hard time pinning this all on Dave Lowry because, of course, they practiced for two days with different looks and different lines heading into Friday morning when Maurice stepped aside. But as far as what we saw... Love the switch on the power play, getting guys into one-timer positions. I think that was, you know, immediately made the power play a little bit more dangerous. Um, but, Paul, I think maybe the most significant move was moving Andrew Kopp back with Adam Lowry. And uh, I'm interested in your thoughts, whether you think that will be a look that the Winnipeg Jets will run with for a considerable amount of time. And in your thoughts, opinion who's the best fit on that line i certainly love what jansen harkins did when he uh, got in there later on on sunday well i think that andrew Kopp has been given a number of opportunities over the course of the last several years to play in a top six role and sometimes he's been okay and sometimes it just hasn't worked for him but what does work is when he plays with adam lowry and that's when he's the most effective and i would tell you that most of his points would have come when he was playing with Adam Lowry. Uh, you would like to see that line generate a little bit more on the offensive side because they are keenly aware of what their duties and responsibilities are when it comes to the defensive side, and they're very adept at it. And so those two are very good because you can also utilize them as that pair as part of a line to penalty kill. And then Andrew's gotten some power play time as well. But I do believe when you're looking for ballots that Andrew Cobb's best spot is with Adam Lowry. Now, he might not like that, and he might not think that that's the best spot for him. Um, he kind of looked like there was a bit of a dour mood when he got moved back to that line when he spoke to the media that day because this is a contract year for him. And as I've always said, points mean pennies to these guys. So you put up more points, you're going to get more pennies at the end of the year. Uh, so he probably views it to be a bit of a demotion. He was asked that question. He denied it. He said, no, he said, I owe a lot to Adam Lowry and the way he's kind of helped me along as a player. But he knows or he feels that if he was in a top six role, getting more minutes, he would put up more points with more highly offensive skilled players. But for the purpose of the Winnipeg Jets, the best place for Andrew Kopp right now is to get back to Adam Lowry on his left side. You've got two guys that can win face-offs, so the best two guys on the team at around 54% in face-offs. And then, you know, you're talking about who maybe goes over to that other side. I like Dominic Tony Nato over there. He skates very well. And I think that he has certainly embraced that role with those two guys as well. And I've liked the way they played. And he's a defensive, responsible player as well that has some speed and some penalty kill ability. So it's been a really good fit. 
I think what you're trying to do is trying to find, you know, some guys that can maybe move up into that top six role. It seems that Stastny's done a real nice job, though, at moving up to that left-wing side there, and he's been reinvigorated uh, in a top-six role with the points. And we saw him on on uh, Sunday afternoon have a great day with his 500th assist and a couple of goals. So, you know, I mean, is there still an opportunity for Svechnikov up there? I guess we'll see. Jansen Harkins, I mean, Christian Veselon, and there's all sorts of opportunities here for some of these young guys to move up. Um, because the Jets have had some injuries. They've had some COVID situations. So there's going to be a lot of movement and moving parts going forward because you have to anticipate there's going to be a few more injuries. There might be another COVID test here that comes up positive. But for me right now, the best spot for Andrew Kopp is right beside Adam Lowry on that third line. Whether he likes it or not, it's the best for the team. Paul Edmonds, voice of the Jets on 680 CJOB Jets Radio with us on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Uh, hey, Leighton Janice, one of our regulars, popping into the Super Chat. Thank you very much, Leighton. Merry Christmas and happy holidays from your number one fan in Vancouver. Thanks, Leighton. Great to have you with us every day on the program. Paulie, this has been so much fun. What's uh, what's going on at Casa Edmonds for the next few days? Uh, how are the holidays shaping up for you before you get back to work? Well, there's a parent-daughter game tonight that I'm going to uh, participate in for my daughter's team. Yes, uh, the blades and the legs are going to be a little rusty. I'm not so sure which one is more rusty, the legs or the blades. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, we're just going to kind of hang around, and they will be very small and very quiet around here. There might be some snow machine riding, Andrew. We've got a little bit more snow, a little more powder on the ground, so might get the snow machines out and go for a little ride over the next couple of days. I hope you got those batteries done over with Donnie and the gang at Manitoba Battery to make sure you're not uh, conking out when you're out on your uh, your run and have to call your lovely wife to come and pick you up. Nice nice circle back on Don at Manitoba Battery. Very nice, yes. Yeah, the batteries are charged and ready to go. <laughs> well, let's hope the Jets' batteries are... if I have a problem, ch- I'll phone Don. <laughs> no doubt. At well, we'll hope that the Jets' batteries are charged and ready to go and everyone's healthy and ready to play on the uh, next week. Whether that is Monday, we'll wait to hear the confirmation that that game will go ahead. We expect it to at this point, but I think everyone realizes with what we're dealing with right now, anything is possible. Uh, And, of course, a game scheduled as well against the Chicago Blackhawks coming up on the 29th. Paulie, thanks so much for taking the time. Um, Great to have you. Best of the season and a Merry Christmas to you and the entire team Edmonds there. Have a great few days with the family and uh, we'll look forward to hearing you back on the airwaves hopefully next week and certainly talking to you in 2022 here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Thanks so much, pal. Oh, my pleasure. Merry Christmas to all your listeners and happy holidays to everyone as well. And you know my number, as I said, I'll talk to you anytime. Right on. Thanks, Paulie. There he is uh, at Utility Voice on Twitter. That's Paul Edmonds, our great friend, joining us today. Uh, our final guest of the pre-Christmas era because the show's not stopping, folks. However, we had a great World Junior talk with Scott Wheeler. We had a great Jets talk with Paul Edmonds. Uh, and in just a minute, we're going to get going with the first ever Winnipeg Sports Talk trivia game. Uh, before we do that, though, uh, do want to thank our friends at Little Brown Jug. And we've got a few super chats coming in. I think there might be a few 1919s raised in cheers to you, our listeners, that have supported us so well since the 8th of March when we started this project. And we've grown each and every day. Of course, Little Brown Jug, our great partner on the uh, beer side of things, down on William Avenue. 
and available online at littlebrownjug.ca. Uh, they've got free delivery going on right now. You probably need to get that order in ASAP, though, uh, to get it before tomorrow. We have the 1919, the Winter Variety Packs, the new Brute IPA, the Anniversary Beers. They just celebrated five years, not to mention some amazing gift ideas, including toques, other ho hoodies, uh, flannel shirts, and all oh, that great beer. Oh, and special five-year tulip glasses as well. Pop down and see them at William Avenue or get online right now over at littlebrownjug.ca. Um, you know, we do our curling reports for Princess Auto all year long. They've been such wonderful, a wonderful addition to our family of sponsors. Um, and we do have the Mixed Curling Olympic Trials beginning, if you can believe this, next week on the 28th. And it's just happening down the highway at, at Portage La Prairie. We'll follow that next week, and uh, we'll be getting to that for our Princess Auto curling reports. Of course, Princess Auto, very proud of Jen Jones representing Canada at the Olympics, a longtime sponsor of Team Jones. And of course, Princess Auto, the uh, the spot where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. If you check out their Facebook page, got a great half hour video on some really neat gift ideas if you're stuck at the last minute uh, or pop into one of their two locations in Winnipeg. The experts will be able to help you and you can al always shop online when you're getting those ideas in your head at princessauto.com 24-7-365. Uh, and, of course, our friends at Boston Pizza are ready for you. We do have a game tonight. Uh, we'll do our cool bet lines in a minute. Um, Titans and Niners. Heck of a game. Um, and speaking of NFL this week, Lock Shop coming up after Winnipeg Sports Talk at 3.30. Check my Twitter feed. We'll put up the video feed. If you haven't heard the Lock Shop already, I do it with Dustin Nielsen, a very popular running guest here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Search Lock Shop for the podcast on Apple or Spotify and make sure you subscribe to it. But uh, Boston Pizza, great spot to go in and get together with friends tonight if you want to watch the game. Now that you're on holidays, or, of course, you can always order the great taste of Boston pizza, the gourmet pizzas, Boston's wings, and so much more by going online to bostonpizza.com. All right, let's get Michael Remus back in here. Remo, I'm very much looking forward to this, uh, to what's going on. Um, we've got trivia coming up. And, uh, oh, my God, a couple more. And super Chats. Christian Hammerback, the hammer's in here. A pint for each of you. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, great show, all the best. Thank you very much, Christian, great friend of the program. And Kabilis popping in with a super chat as well. Kabilis, I know what you're asking for Christmas, dude. You need a win for your Cardinals. Big game against the Colts. I think they're one-point favorites at home. We'll get into all that in the lock shop coming up. Uh, but uh, Kabilis, Hammer, you guys... Thank you so much. This is uh man, this has been a, a heartwarming show for the for all of us here. Well, all of us, myself and Michael, putting this show on. Uh, but Remo, all these super chats come in and we blush and we thank everyone for it. We're gonna get ready to get this trivia game going on. Get back in here and fill people in on what is about to go down. <laughs> this is unbelievable. <laughs> Schmidt face. Get Schmidt faced this Christmas. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm muted here. One sec. Yeah, I'm keeping it to myself. I'm in here. Uh, I had the light on. I didn't see it. But yeah, I'm in here. Classic me. Uh, Schmidt-based. Yeah, it was just a little mute for you for the holidays. That was another gift to uh, give to all of you. Uh, another super chat in the remus. Schmidt-faced with a comment. Get Schmidt-faced this Christmas. Might be able to happen, actually. But uh, 
thank you so much for doing it. Uh, all right, back to this great great cup trivia we're starting. We've got a Jets one afterwards. Awesome champions hat that we'll be giving away to the winner of the bomber trivia. You can pick these up at Royal Sports. Um, so what do people do? They scan this thing on their phone? Oh, shoot. Yeah, there's also, you can either scan it on your phone or there's, I put in the chat, it's pinned right now, crowd.live. And let me just make it sure it shows up here. My bad. There, bam. Crowd.live, S-C-H-X-Z. Put it in. We do have 97 of 100 people. So if you're in, make sure the window is open and you're ready. And I'll bring myself up on the screen here. Hey, there everyone. we go. There we go. Quizmaster Michael Remus himself uh, yeah. to play. Go to crowd.live and, uh, and enter code. Uh, and actually, you know, we, we've got these wonderful gifts from all of our listeners uh, in the super chat today. We also had an incredible gift from another listener that um, as we get ready to start this, uh, we may have to roll out for the WST chat. But uh, I'll leave that in your hands, Remus. You know what, what? I'm talking about. Okay, well, let's get the thing started. I want to give a shout out to uh, uh, Tristan. Oh my God, look at all these. We can't even. That's get what to I was this. talking about. Yeah, we can't even get to these. All the stuff with all these super chats here. T. Will, happy holidays. Hopefully, this apples applies a little grease to my marble in the race. No, that's. <laughs> and, and then Wrench Doozer with a 1919 super chat sponsor. Boy, Wrench, we, we know what you're doing. That. <laughs> That is phenomenal. This is out of control. Um, Mike Ladarni in on the super chat and T Will as well. And you just mentioned that the great hopefully supplies a little grease to the marble no. in the next race. <laughs> that no. is phenomenal, you guys. Thanks so much. This is unreal. All right. Well, let's start off this trivia. We do have. Uh, oh yeah, trivia is full. We got it's full. We're a, we're a lot, maxed at a hundred. Okay, sounds people. good. So everyone that's in, get ready to go. Um, but in, uh, and, and this, what we were about to show, we need to give a special thank you and happy holidays to Tristan Rivers and Tristan Rivers Music, who has basically become the soundtrack for internet sports radio in Manitoba. Um, anyone that is a regular of the Kenny and Rennie show knows the incredible work that Tristan's done for KNR. And uh, Tristan came through big time when, uh, he and Candace found out that um, we were getting ready to go with trivia. Yeah, well, let's let's hear this song. One sec. Oh wait, what? I can't. I don't think it's on this thing. Hold on. People are saying it's not working. I haven't started the trivia game, so it's not it's not gonna work. Uh, <laughs> no. One sec. Let me get this. Uh, I don't think I have the sound on here. That would probably help. So when I play this, okay, now we're yeah. golden. Okay, here's all right. Here's check the... this out, everybody. Tristan, you're the best. All right, trivia time. Oh, that, <laughs> that completely made the entire year. We've got a, a Tristan Rivers track, trivia time. 
on WST. Tristan, you were the best. Best of the yeah. season to you and Candace. All right, let's do this, Remo. We got 100 people ready to go. Yeah. Um, conduct, much like Maestro Fresh West did, Remo is about to be conducting things okay. on WST. So it'll be us in here. So we have, if you're trying to get in, you won't be able to. You can try to get in on the next one. You know, we had it up for an hour, so it filled. We only have 100 spots. The game will begin shortly. I'm going to hit go. It's going to count down. The question will pop up. You have 25 seconds to answer each question. The faster you answer, and if it's correct, the more points you get. So if you get it right, but you take more time, uh, you won't get as many points. There's 10 questions. The topic here, Grey Cup trivia, 108th Grey Cup. So Winner uh, gets this. The winner, winner gets, gets that this. Hat. Amazing champion's hat from Royal Sports. Okay, so I'm going to hit go. So if you're in, be looking at your device or your other browser, and it's going to go. I'm going to hit it, and then we'll read the question. Are you guys ready? We're all ready here. So this is it, Hus. Pretty let's nervous. Let's do this. This is the first time we've done this, so hopefully I it can't it wait. So we will see. All right, first question. All right. <clears throat> Starting the countdown. Oh, we got a gong, too. This is amazing. Yeah, I think there's some... We'll have some sound effects here. All right. Four, three, two... All right. What was the final score in the uh, 108th Grey Cup? Was it 34-26 Bombers, 30-22 Ticats, 33-25 Bombers, or 30-22 Bombers? Put your answer. Put your answer in. We will see. All right. Time's up. Okay. I'll show you guys the correct answer. It is. 3325 bombers. And well, I love this format so that the quicker you get it, the more yeah. points you get. <clears throat> Great way to do it for something that's live on the internet. All right, one question down. Let's how, get to uh how many number two. How many people got it right? 65% of you got it right, Huss. I, I would have expected more, but uh, that's fine. It's the first question. Maybe people hit the for, wrong button. That's okay. Yeah. Hey, I, know, I mean, I knew the Bombers won, but I had to Google. I mean, who cares about the score? I mean, the fact we knew the team that won. That's the important score. How we, drunk was the person that guessed 30-22 Ticats? Yeah. Mean, we've only been talking with the Bombers going back Wait, to back for the last week. Get, someone guessed that? <laughs> yeah. One, one, one person, person did. One person <laughs> did. All right. <laughs> okay, well, we'll see who's, uh, who's in the lead. Uh, Jordan with Infinity. Kenny's water bottle. Hugh, the Hugh. audio gremlin in. All right. Yeah. Jeff Cavillis, we're, uh, we're looking good. All right, question number two. What okay, do we got? Next question. Are you ready? Three, two, one. Which player was named most valuable Canadian? Starting it, we're starting off easy. Us, starting off easy. Was it Andrew Harris, Zach Kolaris, Nick Dembski, or Mark Leggio? I'm look. I, we got to have some ones people never done this before. Let's get some questions in that uh, practice. It's the answering. speed. It's the speed of it. Just you got to be ready to buzz in, much mm -hmm. like Jeopardy. Yeah, you got to kind of be ready to buzz in. And the correct answer is Nick Dembski. All right. And how many? How many people got this one? Huss? How many people do you think? Sixty-five got. I think seventy-five uh, percent got Dembski. 88%. 88%. So. All right. That's All right. good. That nobody guessed. Excellent. Nobody guessed Legio. I put Calaris in there. Not Canadian, but I figured <laughs> I figured maybe people would see most valuable and not uh bit of a curveball. Bit of a curveball for bit of a, sure. Bit of a curveball. All right. All right. 
Question number three. Well, do you want to coming see up yeah, next? Yeah, okay. Just yeah, we'll do a quick standings update. Jordan's Jordan's there. still there. The audio gremlin jumping up to second, and uh, Vermette tied at one eighty nine. All right, great start so far. Uh, question number three coming up now on WST Trivia Time. All right, how many touchdowns did Zach Kolaris throw? Was it three? Was it two? Was it one? Or was it D, answer option, which uh, I guess I didn't give you guys a free one. There are only three options here. <laughs> how, how many? How many was it? All right, two but one. And uh, the answer for this one, one of this will make good for a podcast since it's not live or visual. This is probably yeah. more a YouTube. For the folks that are listening on the pod I, and wondering what the hell we're doing, this is a great time to jump onto YouTube Check out the channel. Yeah. Hit the red subscribe button. And uh, yes, it definitely would be. And that's why we did it at the end after we talked Rule Junior, yeah. after we talked Paul. Two. It was Zach two. total. It was two total. And there we go. And uh, most people said two. A couple of people said three. Uh, one person answered D, which I didn't fill out. So I don't know if someone's having fun. <laughs> that was the person <laughs> that thought the Thai Cats won. Yeah. Uh, and. Josh says you got booty. You should be able to get back in, but I think there's too many people, so maybe it won't let you. But there we go. We'll, we'll wait and see. Show rankings, leaderboard. We still have Hughes jumped into number one. Wow. Plumber's number two, and Vermette is number three. Kenny's up there. Huge, huge move right now. Kenny's yeah. water bottle went down a little bit. We see Mitch WHT, the audio gremlin. All right, it's key. You got to get you got to get this answer in. You got to get it right when uh, right when the question starts to uh, to get maximum points. Um all right, question number 4. Okay, question 4. Let's go. All right. How many field goals did Sergio Castillo make? Was it 4, 5, 6, or 3? And now if people are on the podcast, we are reading out the questions. I mean, you can still play a lot. It just won't yeah, be but, real but, time. but this is a good time to get check out the YouTube, even if yeah. it's already happened. Yeah. Okay, last one. All right. And the correct answer here, people want to write in chat. <laughs> Owen says, I'm really you need to watch the game. I'm sure everyone here watched the Grey Cup. Uh, <laughs> the correct answer is... Five. Sanko. Five. And uh, how many people got five? Uh, 63% 63. of people got five. Not bad. Pretty not good. Bad. Pretty good. Pretty good. And the chat leaders, Jordan bumped back into first, D. Kingsey, and Vermette Look how Lurkin. close it is. It's 378 to 377. Vermette is at 376. There was someone else at 376, 375. This is definitely going in right down to the wire. Yeah. All right, Remo. Question number five. We're just about at the halfway point of the Bombers Grey Cup trivia. All right, Fire here. away. All right. Which player on the Hamilton Ticats had to sit out of the game because of appendicitis? Was it Jared Davis, Dane Evans, Ted Laurent, or Braylon Addison? <laughs> Rob Mahoney says, this is as tight as Steinbach's manliest man. <laughs> He's trying right. to do super chat in Gitch coins. All right. And the answer is... Ted Laurent, that was the big story heading into uh, ending into the weekend that Ted Laurent was out with a non-COVID-related illness. And uh, we thought that would be a huge blow to the Ticats. It actually didn't end up being. They played very, very well in the line of scrimmage. All right, midway standings update, Remus. What uh, yeah. What's the score? 60% got Ted Laurent. Bit of a tougher question. 
Let's see what we've got for the uh, the top of the uh, of the standings. D Kingsy. Oh, huge, huge movement here. The Kingsy and C Walk just moved up. Jordan is two points back. I think C Vermette's just a couple back. This is going to be so so tight heading into. Uh, all right, so four sixty nine is the lead. We're five questions in. We have five more questions. Question number six coming up. Quizmaster Remus. All right, who scored the Bombers touchdown in overtime? Was it Andrew Harris, Sean McGuire, Nick Dembski, or Darvin Adams? So put in your answer. Think about it. Uh-oh, Christopher Mitt says he just blew it. All right. And the answer is Darvin Adams. Great touch. Big playoffs for Darvin. Very mm -hmm. quiet regular season. Huge catch in the West Final and the catch in overtime to get the Bombers that six before they went for two. Um, what does that do? What does that do to the standings, Remus? 72% well, with uh with Darvin Adams is the correct answer. Yeah, a lot of people knew uh knew it was Darvin. Uh, Nick Dembski's touchdown was in the fourth quarter. Sean McGuire, the vulture, uh was only on only on first, you know what, he's got a couple of uh, what, third down conversions in the game, but he wasn't vulturing fantasy, was he? I, you know, I forget. The game was like, it's funny, the game was like more than a week ago. and uh, The vulture. That, it's true. It's, it's, it's testing me, this game. All right, next one. Here we go. Uh, standings. Oh, yeah, standings. Let's see. We got Seawalk and Jordan neck and neck. And then Who Man. Moving in, Jeff right Kabilis. Is that Jeff Kabilis's cousin? Was in that third? Would was be, in fourth? Yeah, Jeff Punk is his uh, is his Twitter, I think. <laughs> oh, okay, Jeff Punk. Okay, so then or it's maybe going that's through. his Insta. Not sure. C walks in the lead, six point lead over Jordan, Infinity Comet, and Human now in third. All right, question number seven. Let's do it. All right, ready. All right, which Ticats receiver? He yes. took a knee, giving the Bombers a single in the final two minutes of the fourth quarter. Huge play in this game. Huge okay. play in the game. Brandon Banks, Tim White, Jalen Acklin, Stephen Dunbar are the option. Had to put a tie cat uh, player in for an answer. We did Ted Laurent and we did uh, the other one. Anyways, the correct answer. Tim, Tim White. Tim White. We'll always be. We'll always remember Tim White. In a in a very very nice way here in Winnipeg, considering the uh, the single. It's true and Kabila uh, <laughs> second in MPP voting the knee. <laughs> T Will is responding to the last question. He says it's unrealistic to expect anyone to remember who scored the overtime touchdown. I was way too drunk by that time. <laughs> that's why you can go back, see highlights afterwards, watch yeah. the game again. Uh, well, let's see how do that's people why do they, on this. That's one. why they replayed it on TSN like twenty times since. Not because, not because of uh, all the canceled games that need uh, airtime to fill. Anyways, 52% of you uh, remembered that it was Tim White. And then T. See, that was a bit of a tougher question. That could be a bit of a, uh, that could be a big, big mover question when it comes to the standings. No, that's still the same top three. See, walk a little, Human did jump a little mm -hmm. bit over Jordan, but uh, the top three is still there right now. Seawalk with a four-point lead over Hooman and Jordan through seven questions. We have three more questions to go. Again, the winner getting this beautiful Grey Cup Champions hat. All right, Remo, what's question number eight? All right, question eight. 
All right, which bomber had the longest reception? Getting a bit tougher here. Was it Darvin Ooh. Adams, Rashid Bailey, Kenny Lawler, or Nick Dembski? We're going to maybe see some separation after this. I don't this even know if I know the answer to this one. This one was uh, was a bit tougher, but it was. I'm going to guess C. It was Rashid Bailey. No, it was Bailey. I would have got that straight up wrong. All right. He actually, I think it was it the one where he, um, where he, what's it called? Uh, dove and like caught it. I, I'm pretty sure it was, it was, uh, Bailey. It makes Let's sense. See. All right. And how many people got it? Oh, hey, it was still the most popular one. Okay, that's good, but but only 43%. Now, yeah. what about the guys at the top? What does this one do to the standings as we get down to the final two questions? Yeah, I did I did cross-reference these with the uh, with the game, but hey, Jep Kabilis moving into second, Jordan's still in there, and Seawalk. Man, a bunch of people on the top, all correct. There's a lot of people all correct, so shout out cool. to all you guys. These guys are on top of it. These guys are on top of it. Seawalk 85 with a four-point lead over Kabilis and a five-point lead over Jordan heading into question number nine of ten. This is getting good, Reem. All right, next up. All right, let me bring this on. Okay, we got two more questions. Are you ready for this one? Here it is. All right. Which bomber led the team in tackles? Was it Alden Darby, Adam Big Hill, Willie Jefferson, or Kyrie Wilson? Lock in your answer. I think this one was a bit this this one was a bit tougher. We got the answer is you know this one, Hus? Uh, was it Darby? Yes, it was Alden Darby. Very that good. That was my that was my guess. But again, that was a guess. I mean, that wasn't yeah. it didn't jump across. I think Big Hill is probably the logical choice just because mm. of the tackling machine he is. But I, yeah. Darby had a real real strong game, especially the first half. All right, what do we got for? Uh, not a lot of people got this one. Only 17 of you. A lot of people oh. said uh, Big Hill. So um, I can't wait to see the standings after this. Okay, let's see. Jordan. No, Huge no, move by Jordan. Jordan. These guys have all been humans in fourth. A uh, bunch of people in there. So the top three, still Jordan, Seawalk, Jeb Cabellas. This is this is coming right down to it. So Jordan, for the first time, we have some separation. Is this Jordan's to lose going into the final question of Grey Cup trivia? Yeah. Here it is. Question number 10. The final question. All right. Ready. Last question. Here we go. All right. Which player caught the game-ending interception? Was it Dietrich Nichols, DeAndre Alford, Kyrie Wilson, or Winston Rose? And the guy who ended up with the football and actually caught it. Yes. That was one of the many guys that were bouncing it around before the game was over in favor of the Bombers. Yes. All right. Let's go with the answer. It was Kyrie Wilson. How many people got Kyrie Wilson? I bet most people got that. I'm saying 70%. 50% knew Kyrie 50%. Wilson. Okay. And this is something that just, this is a game that everyone watched last week. Short, everyone's got short-term memories here, including myself. All right. <laughs> and the winner. Here it is. <laughs> Jordan. Winner. Ran the table. 10 for 10. Jordan. I have Jordan's, uh, I have Jordan's email here. So we will email you. 
with the details. Jordan, are you in the chat? Congratulations. Where's Big. Jordan? The T yeah, the TSN turning point was the tie cat questions. Congrats, Jordan. That was outstanding. And uh, yes, I've got this sweet bomber Grey Cup champions hat for you. One of the nicest champions hats I've ever seen, to be honest. Oh, there you got a nice view of that sucker. You can pick that up at Royal. This Grey Cup patch on the side is really, really sweet. Um, all right. So uh, there you have it. Our first ever episode of Jets mm -hmm. Trivia. Now, we did that in about 20 minutes. Do, do we yeah. want to do the Jets one as well right now, Reem, and then bang in the marble sure. race as well? You want to just do it? Should we do one more? Does the chat want to do one more? Chad, should, should we do one more? That, thanks, guys. Infinity Comet. Thanks, guys. I'm not winning marbles. Well, you're, you're definitely in. We can, go, we can go a little bit later today. It is, yeah. it is our Winnipeg Sports Talk holiday festive extravaganza. Uh, most people on the podcast, I'm sure, came for what we were doing earlier if they come in. But we'll go a little bit later and we'll get the podcast up. ASAP. Um, so Remo, what do we need to do now for the jet side of things? Okay. Because we do have jets questions, but we do do we need to reload everyone yeah, back we'll, in this we'll thing? We'll have or to what? reload. We'll have to reload. And maybe some people uh some people can get in. I'll stop it. That takes Kyle says skip the standings after each question. I guess can everyone see the stand? I don't know. It's kind of we gotta know. We gotta we gotta know the stakes going into it. Yeah, you know, do we do? I think that was the first time we do. We'll be able to do it quicker this time, I, I think. We'll kind of get it. I'll maybe read the question as Remo gets it done. All right, I'll throw up. I'll throw up the other one here. One sec. All right, get it up. We do have a limit of um, of one hundred people. So as soon as this thing get, uh, goes up, get in. We'll give you a couple minutes to get in, and uh, we'll either just do it in two minutes and go from there, or we'll when it's full, it's full. Cole Sawchuck, how do you get in on this? Pay attention to the chat. You're going to see instructions from Michael Remus in the chat, uh, and you can utilize your phone with the QR code, or you can just go to the site, depending on what device you're watching us on. Uh, Remo Filament. Yes. Yeah. T Will says you got to show the standings. People who aren't playing need need to know. We got to follow the storyline yeah. of the game, and I, I agree with that. So, get in. We are Imagine going watching with... a hockey game without the ticker of the score on. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> that's old school. Exactly. So uh, this is Winnipeg Jets trivia. Um, we haven't started, but yeah, this is the code. So we got twenty-seven people in twenty-eight. So you can put in the chat. Can't use the QR code. It says it's uh here. I'll put it in. Uh, crowd dot live code UGIQC it says at the bottom of the screen right. Right here. Right there. Crowd.live. And then they'll ask you for a code. It's U-G-I-Q-C. Oh, there's the link right there. The I'll link is in the chat. I'll pin it. There you go. I can link it. I got that capability. About 67 people in already. Crowd.live. U-G-I-Q-C. Or just take your phone and scan the code. But it's pinned right now. 82. 80. This is filling up quick. We only have 100 spot so whoever wants to get in the fastest is marbles open we'll be doing marble this is what we're going to do has we'll do this trivia then maybe we'll get to the cool bet lines and while the you read out the lines uh, we can put out the command for the marble race. But this exactly. thing, this thing filled up very quick. What prizes do we have for this one, Hus? Oh yeah, so this one we're going to because we're going to do this again. Our winner is getting a awesome Jets toque, and you will have the choice of this 
Heritage, uh, this is, sorry, this is the reverse retro toque. And I knew Remus would not accept any toques without pom-pom, so I made sure yeah. we got pom-pom toques. Of course. I would have triggered him immensely if I showed up with just a beanie. And then this is the other one. This is sort of the one, the style of the stuff you guys see wearing this year. Jets, hockey, nice little silver NHL thing at the back, fanatic. So uh, whoever is the winner can decide whether they want the red and blue one or the reverse retro one. And next week we'll do this again, I'm sure, heading into New Year's. And uh, we'll have another toque to give away for the Jets one. Um, all right, so uh, we pretty much full now? Yeah, we're full. Let's get going. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna right. to start this up here. I think I start, kind of similar to the last one. Uh, all right. We've got some good, good Jets questions here for you, folks. The, okay. uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to these. All right, everybody ready? Round two of the WST Holiday Festive Extravaganza Trivia Time. Jordan won the Grey Cup trivia. Now it's time for some Jets trivia. Good luck to all of you. Let's go with question number one, Quizmaster Remus. Sorry, this is all Jets 2.0. Christopher Mitt was asking, but I'm starting the countdown. It's on. It's all fairly... Yeah. The questions will be quite obvious when you see them. Hopefully you've been watching the Jets for the last 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. This will be a fun one. Here we go. Four, three, two, and one. All right. How tall is Logan Stanley? Six foot six, six foot four, six foot seven, or six foot five? I think I gave uh, more time on this one. Yeah, it's full. Sorry, Comet. Not tall enough. What's, whatever he's listed at on HockeyDB on the website. All right, let's see. The correct answer. We Easy said one to start it off. Yeah. Just gets everyone ready. Six foot Six, seven. seven. You know how it works. Everyone got. Okay, I would say at least I'd say eighty-eight percent got it right. Eighty-five. Eighty-five. You're you're pretty close. You're pretty close. Not bad. Not bad. I'm a good odds maker. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, standings. Booming. Booming. Right off guy... the bat. A lot of 98. 99s, 98s. Yeah, everyone's in there. Busy, busy at the top. Um, all Free right, let's go to... Free Oleg is in there, too. Oh, free... A win by Free Oleg would be one of the most heartwarming moments of WST for the entire year. Yeah. A Free Oleg win in the Jets trivia. Wow. Can't, uh, Oleg out of marbles, but maybe, just maybe, a Christmas miracle could happen in the Jets trivia. All right, question number two, Remo. Let's do it. All right. Paul Maurice <laughs> referred to which player's tape as coach's porn. Which which player was it? Brandon Dillon, Neil Pionk, Dylan DeMello, or Nikolai Ehlers? <laughs> and this was a newly acquired player. Paul Maurice was asked. Hey, you don't need to give any hints. Well, I mean, they're all, I mean, all these guys have been acquired recently. <laughs> Ehlers? Ehlers, you know the answer to this one, Huss. It was Of C. course, it's Dylan DeMello. Dylan DeMello. Coach's porn. Another another great Mauriceism that um, that we will miss at these daily, uh, daily press conferences. Uh, how many people got Dylan DeMello? I'm predicting six, ooh, not 60%, oh. 41%. 40%. 41% got DeMello. And wow. All right. Well, that could be uh that could be a very, very important. Okay, so Jay Mick up 196, Human 194, Hugh 193, 
Uh, but still, I mean, really deep into the 20s, lots of people within striking distance. Mm -hmm. 175 is the uh, is the uh, is the top one. All right. So, yes, Dylan DeMello coaches porn. Look it up. That was one of the great, great Mauriceisms. All right. Question number three. All right. Which Jets player did Claude Noelse gave up a couple free pizzas in the Jets inaugural regular season game versus Montreal? Was it Johnny Oduya, Ron Hainsey, or Alex Burmistrov? Oop, I did not enter. I guess I didn't put the answer in for number D. You'll have don't to... Pick don't, don't pick D. Don't pick D. Yeah, it's not D. D not right. It's not D. But... <laughs> it was... The correct answer was the pizza man, the, Giovanni the, Oduya, of course. Yeah, Isn't he never the, got over that. He never got over the free pizza comment from Claude. Everyone just called him the pizza man forever, and then they traded him, and he went and won cups with the Blackhawks. He ended does. up okay for Johnny. And, and, Even and that Chicago-style deep dish pizza there in the Windy City. Uh, most people got it. Sixty-eight percent of people answered uh, A. Johnny Oduya. So, nice. Chris, what does nice. that do to the standings? Atomic. Oh, big, big Hopped move in. by Atomic. You in second. Bear. In third. Yeah, and there's a three-way tie for third right now. So a lot of people still very much in the mix. All right, we'll go to the next one. Who's ready? <clears throat> Going in. Question four. Question four, coming up. All right. Which of these defensemen from the 2011 opening day roster did not win a Stanley Cup after leaving the Jets? I always find, it, find this an interesting fact. Was it Hainsey, Bogosian, Stewart, or Oduya? And we did mention Oduya in the last question. That did come up. But uh, guess here. I For whatever reason, I like this one. I like this question. We'll see how many people got it. We love you too, Frazen. Yeah. It is Mark Stewart. Stu. Who you were going to sign yesterday on a ten-day deal? Mm -hmm. uh, if uh, if you if they were really screwed to pick up players, I would sign him. Is it Bogo? Is it no Bogo? One one with uh, one one with uh, Tampa, and Hainsey yeah. won with Pittsburgh. Didn't he win twice with Pittsburgh, or did he yeah. just once? I'm pretty and, sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Hockey-related Ron has two rings. Yeah. Trick. Well, this wasn't a trick question. This was uh, this was a real question. That's a very a simple question. Mm -hmm. Did you think that Stu won the cup somewhere? No, he, he did not win it. 78%. That was a, one of the easier ones so far. Yeah. All right, four questions in. Let's see what that does to the standings. Atom ice Bear moving into third. Nice, nice. Atom ice, Atomic, Ice Bear, and Hugh are, oh, four, D20, not 420. I don't know why. Maybe that was a Freudian slip that I thought that was 420 <laughs> there. Back, not even three o'clock yet. Um, <laughs> so we've got... Um, four questions in, and now this is question number five. Halfway point of the 10-question Jets trivia once this one is done. Right. Which player did the video series take a jet to work for Jets TV? Was it Jim Slater, Mark Shifley, Josh Morrissey, or Patrick Lina? I love these videos. I think everyone loved them. so good. I'm curious to see. They would show them, you know, during the broadcast and... Uh, during the intermission of the games as well. I thought they were entertaining, so. This one is hard. I guess if you, you watched them on TV before, but we'll see how many people got this. It was Jim Slater. Good old Slater. One of our all-time favorites. Total beauty, that guy was. All right. Let's see if people thought it was hard. No, most people got it. 81%. 81%. Wow. wow. That's pretty good. Fan favorite here, Jim Slater. 
You got it. Okay, well, 81%, I'd imagine the, uh, although it's timing too. Atomic still on top, 465. And, oh, Hue and Ice Bear now tied at 459. 15-point gap between second and fourth place. Um, we're now on the uh, on the back nine, if you will. Five questions in, five to go. Again, the winner will get their choice of one of these sweet Jets toques we got from Royal Sports. But first, you got to win it. All right, Remo, question number six. What do we got? All right, ready? Three, two, one. When asked about being body checked by Dustin Bufflin, which player said, I think that's the hardest anyone's ever been hit? Was it Cody Baz? Mark Stone, Luke Gazdick, or Drew Doughty? An all-time moment and an all-time interview. Was that the hardest that you've ever been hit? That's the hardest anyone's ever been hit. <laughs> and I see how many see how many people see how many people get this one right. I'm predicting seventy percent. All right, the correct answer is C, or sorry, B. Mark Stone. Uh, Mark Stone was the answer, and I was at that game. Like I. Like, thankfully, I mean, I think he just had, like, what, only bruised internal organs from that? Well, I don't know. He was I, out for a while. He, he, he was, was out, out for a while. For a while but that was... game was legendary. I mean, they lost to Ottawa. I think, if I'm not mistaken, that was during the Hamburglar, the Hamburglar's run. 85% for Mark Stone. Yeah. Well done, everybody. Um, but two things happened that night. The hardest hit ever in the game of hockey, buff on Mark Stone. And that was the game that Croppy made it to. Um, but I believe that was the last game that he made it to before he passed. And that was at a, a moment. Um, that if you're at that game, you will never forget. Very, very special. Uh, really, really cool. All right. Atomic still on top. 11-point lead over Hugh at 548 and Sammy at 538. Atomic in the driver's seat right now. Uh, moving on to question number seven. All right. Question seven. Then we'll get to the marble race after. All right, here we go. In three, two. All right, which player shot the puck 107 miles per hour at the Jet Skills competition? Was it Dustin Bufflin, Ben Sherratt, Zach Bogosian, or Patrick Liney? I love this question. Uh, I, you know, yeah. we've talked a lot about this yeah. and made many references to this over the years. So we'll see how many people get this. I think more than 50% get it right. And we'll see. The correct answer is Ben Sherrod, Mr. 107. Mr. 107. I'll definitely be, let me call that here. 69% of you. Nice. Got, got a very nice, nice number. Way to go, guys. Mr. 107. And we'll just look at the standings. Real quick, leaderboard. Atomic, he could he run the table, Atomic here? Sammy well, and Hugh behind. Atomic has been very impressive so far, and Atomic definitely has pole position heading into these final three questions. 653 out of a possible 700. Atomic is in the lead. Uh, we move on to question number eight. Question eight, here we go. Which opposing goalie was the recipient of silver medal chants from Jets fans in 2011? Was it John Quick, Ryan Miller, Tim Thomas, or Jimmy Howard? Shout out to Atomic in chat. He says, I am a sports trivia wizard. We'll see. You got a couple <laughs> questions left. Uh, and I got to say, shout out to Section 316 because I was there. That is where that, charts, that, that uh, chant started. 
Um, and that one, in a lot of ways, put the Jet fans on the map for uh, some uh, clever, witty chants that uh, came up every now and then. Hopefully we can see this building packed and get back to that coming mm -hmm. up in 2022. What was the number, Reem? It was Ryan Miller. That was the correct answer. And then we'll see the results. Everyone got this one. 89%. This was, this was an easy one. We'll see if might have turned up the difficulty for the last two here. But 89% of it. And we'll go with the leaderboard. Atomic. He's got a lead over Sammy and Hugh. A number of people in there. I've uh, got them all right, so way to go, guys. This is awesome. I wasn't yeah, sure. this has been uh, this has been excellent. Um, so yeah, we've got a 29 point lead for Atomic. Of course, you get extra points for answering immediately. So if you're chasing right now, you better read this question and answer ASAP. Two more questions in our first edition of Jets Trivia on Trivia Time. Remo, let's go. All right, let's go. Which former Jets player had the nickname Rusty among teammates for his old skate blades? Was it Tanner Glass, Grant Klitsam, Brandon Tanev, or Jim Slater? I don't, I don't think this one's going to be as high as the other ones. But, uh... uh well, we'll see. Glass, Klitsam, Tanev, Slater. Who was the nickname Rusty? And uh, he couldn't have this nickname when he went to Pittsburgh. But it was, it was Brandon Tanev. And Before I he became known for just psycho um, headshots. Yeah, but now like he's just he uh, left Winnipeg. He's just turbo. He's just turboed. Yeah, release the Tanev. How do people? Oh, forty-three percent got it. Okay, it's pretty good. Yeah, that is pretty good. But now this is the key thing. Did that shake up the standings at the top? Oh, sorry. Theo Seeger says it was because of the skate rivets, not the blade. So, sorry, the the rivets, the thing that screws the holder into the boot. <laughs> yes. Anyways, my, my my mistake, my mistake. Poor wording. Either way, his nickname is Rusty. It's now Turbo in Seattle. And let's see the leaderboard heading into the last question. Atomic. He's got a healthy lead over Shane and Ken, who've hopped, who've uh, hopped over. Yeah, a couple big big moves there on the uh, last one. I see Hugh uh, dropped down seven eighteen. So Atomic is in the lead. Atomic. Well, this would be all-time choke job if Atomic does not win this at this point. However, however, we do have a beauty final question here for question number 10. Atomic, I hope you're ready. Contestants, the other 99 of you, you're all chasing Atomic. Here's the final question for Jets Trivia on WST Trivia Time. All right, last one. Ready? Three, two, one. What team were the Jets playing against when an opposing fan stole and wore Adam Party's helmet back in November 2013? Was it Nashville, Chicago, St. Louis, or Dallas? Legendary moment in hockey history. I don't think this the has ever been The helmet party done. incident is still, is still a top five moment. Top five hilarious moment in Winnipeg Jets history. Yeah. So I... I had this originally worded as uh, as like which player was, it? and you're like, no, 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 too many people are gonna get that. Yeah, right. that's a hundred percent, hundred percent of people would have got that right. This probably a little harder. I'm very interested to see what the uh, what the results of this one are. We know that it's Chicago, of course. Right. That guy, I think he just sold his dealerships and was getting absolutely tuned at the game that night, and all of a sudden Adam Parley was in the crowd. He grabbed the helmet. The woman that he was with decided to toss a Bud Light on Party's head, and uh, the rest was history. All right. How many people got this? Let's see. 
84 percent got it okay that's okay. good that's, that's good that's pretty good and well, i would say unless atomic got this wrong somehow uh i think atomic is going to be on the top but let's see the official final results atomic way to go atomic ran the table 10 out of 10 a lot shout out to all the people who got 10 out of 10 shane i see got it ken 10 out of 10 but it was about speed atomic and chat way to go i do have your contact information so we'll i'll set forward it to Huss and we'll get all the uh all the yeah. stuff atomic congratulations now you're big now the answer you need is which toque do you want you want the arid the uh okay i guess this would be the reverse retro oh, one or do you want the fanatics newer jets one they're both awesome they are both awesome. Uh, you know what? To finish off trivia time, Remus, if you can, there's a lot of people that want to hear the song again. I actually wouldn't mind hearing the song again. So let's quickly... Uh, first, we need to open up marbles. Okay, I'll open that up one sec. That was extravagant. And now it's marble time. <laughs> no okay. doubt. You know, as we do this, it was the first time we wanted to make sure, you know, we did a Grey Cup one, some Jets ones, but, you know, we'll be able to make it harder if we need. Especially if we've got sharks like Atomic in here uh, making it happen. Um, is the uh, is the marble race open yet or no? I'm gonna open it. Don't type it yet, everyone. Everyone's okay, got. Yeah, everyone, don't go all Oleg here. Yeah, yeah. No Olegs, please, right now. We don't need freeing all of you. Um, and by the way, this won't work because until it's actually open, we won't know that you've put in marbles. There's some sort of thing where it collects it. So um, just take a chill pill for a moment. We will open up the marbles. At that point, you will put in exclamation mark marbles, and we will give you the duration of the Tristan Rivers new hit single, WST Trivia Time, on the program. Tristan Rivers, the, the greatest gift to all of us, the trivia time yeah. theme here on WST. That was phenomenal. All right. Um, all right. Everyone getting it in. Now is the time to actually do it. Exclamation mark marbles. If you have it, Rob Ahoney, Tristan is a good person. Tristan is a legend. You know, Candace had one marble race a couple of weeks ago, came by and I was not aware that I was standing in the presence of a legend. And that, of course, was Tristan. And then I almost stepped back. I'm like, good Lord, this is Tristan Rivers' music? He's given us all so much entertainment and joy through uh, the Kenny song. I mean, even if I was named and, and in the video, the infamous wake up hus moment that I had absolutely nothing to do with immortalized in another one of Tristan's incredible metal track. So uh, anyways, that was uh, that was absolutely phenomenal. 
Oh, sorry about that. I was going to say, the other song he did, uh, Sean's Headband, I would walk around the house being like, Sean's Headband. Band. <laughs> I, was, I love that one. I can't wait at some point, you know, as we get into 2022. In fact, next year, who knows, maybe there'll be a Tristan Rivers music album that's put together just a compilation of all of his greatest hits yeah. when it comes to the K&R show. WST and everything else he's doing on uh, YouTube, Twitch, and the internet. Yeah, GM Carp says, is there a Marbles uh, theme song? We should probably, we'll have to talk with uh, Tristan's agent, maybe. Yeah, we're in heavy negotiations right now, but um, I mean, there's record companies fighting over him right now. I mean, there's licensing deals. There's, uh, uh, there's a lot going on right now. We were very fortunate to be able to get trivia time in such a timely fashion the way we did for its debut today. Um, so there you go. Listen, um, I'll give you a minute, Remus. I'm going to do the cool bet lines right now. P pretty much can it whenever you want. Um, but this is officially last call for marbles, exclamation mark marbles in the chat. And uh, while Remus gets that closed up and all of your entries in, let's get to uh, the lines for our friends at Cool Bet Canada. Lock Shop is coming up in 20 minutes. So, uh, in fact, if you're still with us, hanging out on YouTube, head on over to my Twitter right afterwards. I'll be tweeting it out or Dusty's at Nielsen TSN 1260. Um, we were hot last week, eight and zero against the spread. We didn't win our parlay. That's what we're hoping. The, the Christmas partner parlay hope needs to be a gift, not a lump of coal. Um, but we're into it. Can't wait for it. We're going to get to that a little bit later on. Uh, NFL tonight, we do have a game, hell of a game too. Niners and Titans. The Niners, three and a half point favorites on the road. Tennessee laying or getting three and a half at home. Um, tough loss last week to the Steelers for Tennessee. They're missing Derrick Henry. Henry might be available for the final week of the regular season, potentially the playoffs. Uh, but right now it's the Niners that are rolling. One of the hottest teams in the NFL. They are three and a half point favorites. A ton of games were off the board earlier, but now they are back on. Um, important to note, a uh, big note from the Saints-Dolphins game. Uh, Taysom Hill's on the COVID list. Uh, and um, Taylor, what was the other guy's name? Um, oh, Trevor, Trevor Simeon. Simeon yeah. He's already out. So um, a, uh, a quarterback that has never played a snap of football rookie starting for the Saints had that big win against the uh, Buccaneers, but a nice break for the Dolphins, who have now won, what, six in a row? Um, you can get the full slate of NFL games right now at CoolBet. And as I mentioned, hang around or check the podcast, The Lock Shop. Myself, Dusty, and we'll bring in Chris Abbott and get to all of that. The other thing that's happening is the, you know, you, uh, the friendlies today when it comes to the World Junior Hockey Championships. Canada, minus 278. Russia plus 215. Um, Finland and the Americans going at it right now. USA up 3-1. No live betting on that one. But there are outrights for the tournament. We're going to talk about some of these coming up on the lock shop as well. Oh, Cole Perfetti's down to plus 800 for the tournament's top point scorer. Uh, Canada still minus 140 to win the entire event. Um, I kind of like uh, Sebastian Kosa potentially is the MVP of the tournament at 11 to one, but a number of Canadians up there, Perfetti and Owen Power tied at seven to one. Perfetti's basically at the top of almost all of these uh, lists. So if you want to get those bets in, you need to do it before the tournament starts on Boxing Day. 
You can use the promo code WST. Please do if you've never bet a cool bet before. Put in WST. First deposit will double it up to $200. So uh, there you have it. Um, should mention just quickly before we get back to Remus and the Marble Race. There are two games on Christmas Day. It's going to be a great Christmas. Especially, you know, if you're quarantined or shut down. Browns Packers at 3.30 and then at 7.15. Awesome game. I know Kabilis is already nervous for it. Colts and Cardinals. Colts are one-point favorites against Indy. Packers, seven-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Browns. Doesn't look like Baker Mayfield's going to be able to go, at least at this point, still not out of COVID protocol. All right, Remo, let's uh, finish it off with a marble race. I'm getting it started. Yeah, the so the Saints quarterback, I see people writing it in chat. Uh, I forget his name, but he's uh, actually the, he's on the Bombers Neglet, Ian Book. Oh, okay, well, so, there's a good reason to watch that game. Yeah, so uh, you want to watch it, I guess. I don't know. We're seeing some odd games lately because of, you know, you need to... If you're doing fantasy, you, know, you got to wait until like the last minute to set your lineup because people hey, are listen, going Well, up. you set up the marbles. I will say, I mean, you could tell I was in a great mood today. Our last show before three days off, maybe four if there's no game. Um, but I think we all knew that it was a very stressful, stressful weekend for fantasy football managers. And that weekend went all the way into Tuesday. At the end of Tuesday night, I went to bed sleeping on maybe the most crushing fantasy loss of my life, losing a playoff matchup by 0.15 of a point. I don't know how it happened. This is a league where it has some individual defensive players and Allen on the, or the WFT got a sack late in the game. Anyways, all Wednesday, I'm looking to see if there's some sort of a stat correction that maybe would have put me over the top. Nothing. And then this morning, about 10, 10.30, I got a text from my buddy Hef. was, dude, you're in the semi. I'm like, what are you talking about? I lost by 0.15. Nope, there's been a stat correction. You won by 0.35 of a point. Somewhere along the line, half a point was deducted from T-Mamba's team. So I'm moving on as part of a Christmas miracle, a real-life Christmas miracle. My fantasy team lives to see another day. And I'm going against the guy that's clearly the best team in the league, probably favored by about 60 points against me. He's got Tyreek Hill and Dalvin Cook, who are both on the COVID list. Cook is out for the weekend. I believe he's unvaccinated, so he, he can't come back till potentially right before the next game. Tyreek Hill, a different situation, along with basically half the Chiefs teams. Sounds like Chris Jones is going to be back. But uh Anyways, thank you, Fantasy Gods, for looking over me. I can't wait for the weekend, and that uh, really gets going tonight. Unfortunately, Eli Mitchell, an important guy for me, not going tonight. Jeff Wilson, a nice DFS start for the Niners if you're looking for a spot. All right, so marble time on WST. Most of the uh, regulars know what this is all about. If you've popped in, we usually do this at the end of the shows on Friday, but we figured with everything happening in, a, in the holiday festive extravaganza, we were going to go a little long, and we had to get this in. But we do need to get out to get the pot up. I got to do the lock shop. So, uh, Remus, let's get going with the marble race. We have limited sizes available for the hoodies remaining, but we will have a hoodie, provided we've got the size for you for our winner. And uh, I've also got a little something in the tickle trunk, uh, maybe some Canadian club for our second-place finisher here on WST. Uh, Remo, what course are we doing? 
This is called The Laboratory. And uh, if you're on the Marble Race, you're not subscribed, what are you waiting for? Please hit that red sub button. Oh, yeah. You have to be subbed to win. Yeah. So uh, if there's any of you that are actually with us in the Marbles right now that haven't subscribed already, please do so to be eligible for some of the great prizes from Winnipeg Sports Talk and our great sponsor, Canadian Club. Uh, let's do this. All right. I'm going to hit the track. Thank you. We've got 125 people in the race. Uh, let's go. Here it is. Alex there. from the peg with the night start. There's our guy, Mike Wynn. What's up, Windog? Merry Christmas to the uh, first family of Winnipeg sports fans. Alex from the peg, a nice start. Kevin Kowalak, Mike Wynn, B. Henderson in the mix. This is a very interesting one. It's great because you can see the uh, you can see the names quite well. Alex from the peg and Mike Wynn in first and second, respectively. Kevin Kowalak. Uh, behind it now. Oh yeah, I remember this one. This is a this is a great track. Yeah, I'm only going with tracks that we've uh, we've done. We got experience. They're going through. This is like when you're at the Forks uh, skating rink, Huss, where you go through those like floating things. There and it is, Michael Wynn with a nice move. Oh, really took that well. Oh, oh. no, an elimination <laughs> Mike... over the top rope for our leader, Mike Wynn. Winnipeg Chris going down too. Now it's Robert in first place. Oh, just an absolutely absolutely tough hey christopher met super chat what's up thanks for the entertainment all year during the week work week boys happy holidays chris thank you very much heck of a dude hopefully we'll uh share a pint at some point over these next few weeks all right dylan thomas now in first place followed by mike irving wrench doozer is in the mix as well just saw somebody go over the top rope oh it was jerry baluda oh, there goes tristan Trist rivers music oh there's no there's no justice I thought this might have been Trivers. Oh, Mike Irving got a night. Oh, but he got eliminated. Mark Morissette got the jump, and I think it's going to be Mark. Mark Morissette is in. All right, Mark's first, but this is a hell of a race for second. Who do we have right now? It's coming down to it. Brad Woods, Eric W. And Jet Oil Tom, but it's Eric W. that gets in. Jet Oil Tom, he's a previous winner. Tracy has been in before. Brad Woods. Gitch Lishka with a top 10 finish. That'll get you a few Gitch coins on the uh, on the open market. Nicely done, Gitch. And everyone else following through to the finals. All right, so Mark Morissette, congratulations, my friend. Uh, definitely hit us up. Alexandra Anskpian, what is up? Trivia was great. Thanks for the awesome year, gentlemen. Alexandra, thank you very much. We really, really do appreciate it. Chris and Alex coming in. Can't thank you guys enough for all these super chats today. This was uh, overwhelming for the holidays. We can't thank you guys enough. Uh, but Mark, hit us up at winnipegsportstalk at gmail.com. As I said, I definitely have large. I think there might be a XL. I'll have to check on that. Uh, but we'll definitely get you caught up with the, with the prize. And uh, Eric W., do the same, and we'll arrange a, uh, a little I Love Rye package for you. Um, Todd Fertani, Todd, you're sure taking your sweet time today. Offensive defenseman. And Todd gets in there right at the end as the, as the chorus burns up, and it is finished. So Mark Morissette, our Christmas winner of the holiday extravaganza. Um, you know, I was obviously Canadian club, huge friends of ours and sponsors. Um, and of course I mentioned cool bet. I want to give a special holiday shout out to Nick and Nikki and Nick and Nikki DQ group. Uh, you know, they've got four locations in Winnipeg, Northgate, 
Polo Park, St. Anne's, and of course the DQ out in Niverville. There's still time to both play in their 12 Days of Christmas promo. Just go to their Instagram at DQ Manitoba. Uh, but give them a buzz or hit them up on Insta. You can go grab a, you know, grab a cake. Maybe take the load off mom for the desserts on Christmas and show up and be the hero with one of those delicious DQ cakes. DQ Manitoba on Insta or pop over and support any of those four. Uh, Remo, this is a legendary show today. Um, it was great to have Scott Wheeler on, you know, kind of more business-like, talking world juniors. Polly Edmonds came in with holiday greetings. We got a great Jets chat in. But I got to tell you, this last hour, the trivia was phenomenal. Marble race, always fun. And um, I know you're feeling the same way as me. Uh, humbled and grateful for all the gifts and super chats we've got today. Um, just uh, certainly we didn't expect it, but we can't thank you guys enough. And uh, it'll make our Christmas a little bit better. Yeah, wow. I'm very overwhelmed by all the support that we've gotten um, since we started. Uh, we weren't even sure we could get this thing off the ground. And uh, we've had like 300 people in chat uh, every day for the last bit. Podcasts is growing. YouTube is growing. Make sure you, uh, you know, you hit the like button and subscribe. Helps helps us grow. Uh, absolutely incredible. So this has been fun. I've wanted to do a trivia thing um, for a long time. Probably since we started this, and I looked into it like months ago, and finally we did it. Uh, showed it to uh, Atomic, and I forget the other guy uh, who also who won as well. Eric. Was it, jo- was it Eric or was it Jordan? Oh, Mark Morissette. Mark Morissette oh, won the no, marbles. I mean, the first the Grey Cup trivia. I think that was Jordan. I'll have yes, to go. yes. I have his yeah. email, so I'll yeah, email yeah, him. That was. So we have that, and um, yeah, we'll find out which two Atomic wants. We'll get that to him. We'll get the prizes out for the uh, for the marble race. Um, but folks have a wonderful, wonderful few days off. As I said, if there is a Jets game, we will be back on Monday. If the game is, you know, put off on, on the weekend or on, on boxing day, we'll probably take an extra day off and get back at it on one, uh, the 28th. Don't forget great boxing day sales for all of our sponsors or many of our sponsors. So if you have the opportunity to support them, please, please do. Um, And other than that, most importantly, have a wonderful and safe holiday with your families or uh, whoever you're uh, hanging out with. And uh, for any of you that that are unfortunately in quarantine or whatnot, um, we might have something for you, actually. Now that, you know, we've done the trivia, we figured it out. Remo's the master of streaming. I convinced him to get PGA 2K21. And at some point over this uh, three-day break... Don't be surprised if we decide to fire up a uh, a little stream of the two of us. Something very different, although kind of more like the end, just kind of having some fun online and uh, and playing this game against each other. So um, turn your notifications on on the YouTube. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at Hustlerama, at Remus. We'll put out a heads up or a notice if we're going to be doing something like that, but hopefully we'll pull it off. But um, bottom line is, great time of the year. Stay warm, stay safe. Enjoy the company of uh, your friends and loved ones and that you are friends and loved ones to all of us. So thanks again to the support, everything that happened today and really throughout this entire year. Looking forward to one more week, though, in 2021. What a year it has been. We'll get to all of that next week. I do have to get out because we got the lock shop coming up in less than 10 minutes. Head on over to my Twitter at Hustlerama. You'll see the tweets. And if you haven't already, do us a favor. Hit us up on uh, your podcast with a subscription. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to our podcast as well. Of course, you know it well. It's Winnipeg Sports Talk. Um, A special holiday greeting and thank you to all of our sponsors. F Apparel, 
Big Boxing Day sale coming up on after Christmas. Vita Health, Culligan Water, Manitoba Battery, Royal Sports, another place with a big Boxing Day sale coming up. Not Auto Corp, Little Brown Jug, Princess Auto, Boston Pizza, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Canadian Club, and of course, Cool Bet Canada. Folks, have a great few days. We'll see you back here on 27th if there's a game. If not, the 28th. Enjoy the World Juniors. Merry Christmas and happy holidays from all of us at Winnipeg Sports Talk. And uh, have a great night. Oh, my God. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.